Let's begin. Let's begin. Welcome to the Three on Five podcast, home of NBA playoff basketball for people who don't want to watch it while it's happening or listen to people who are paid to talk about it. My name is Matt Hoy. I'm the host of the Three on Five podcast, captain of the good ship SSTOF. With me as always, my first mate, Jerry Sotak. Jerry, how are we today? So, I'm doing pretty good, I guess. Uh, am I really the first mate and, like, the head engineer? That seems like I have too much power. I don't think I ever made you the head engineer. Oh, I just guess I I just spend all my time in the engine room because? I, I mean, I, I don't ask questions about why you go lock yourself in a room alone. Oh, all right, cool. Cool. Uh, also with me, my uh, other co-host, Phil Coppage. Phil, how you doing? Doing okay, watching this first Knicks game in the playoffs since 2013. So I'm, I'm gonna, probably going to be on edge tonight. Yeah. But, uh, can Jerry, do you, we, we, we got to get your comms up. Like my comms? Yeah. I mean, we can't, we can't see you. We gotta, oh, we're gonna have to you're turn right. That on. That's a good point. Oh, Phil, can yeah. you hit up and security? Almost... Yeah, we're going to need uh, fingerprints, <laughs> retinal security scan. number. Yeah. There he is. There he is. Okay. Oh, right, I was, beautiful. I was worried. He might have been replaced or something. <laughs> uh, goodness gracious, what a fun week of basketball it has been. Uh, for those of you who uh, have checked in, uh, early without watching any of the games, the play-in tournament was held. We pro-play-in or uh, anti-play-in on this podcast? What are we thinking? I'm extremely pro-play-in. Extremely? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Phil? I am also pro-play-in. I think this is great. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I spoiler alert, I, I too am pro-play-in. I'm curious to hear your reasoning why because uh, the play-in games were actually um not all that good two of them were good two of them were great yeah yeah but like that's isn't that just sort of the case with basketball generally like uh for yeah like first round basketball it does seem to be the case yeah so getting two great games out of you know four Four games is pretty good. Pretty great. More than four. I, I can't count. It's fine. Counting's hard. Six six games? Six, six games. games. Yeah, man, if there's two games that are good and six, that's like pretty solid for a first round series. For a pretty first round series. Yeah, that's not bad. Fans of the Eastern Conference were not happy. Well, you know, the Eastern Conference. I I don't know the Eastern Conference uh, in the way that you mean, actually. But that that's a topic for later in the show. Phil, what uh, what do you think? Play out, uh, play in. Give me your give me your breakdown. Why you pro play in? Well, I just I love the the pace that it sets for the end of the season. Is just it makes it more exciting and. You know, the seven-game series is pretty concrete in its 
you're the best team is probably going to make it through in in a, in a slugfest that goes seven games. But I don't mind them implementing some sort of single game elimination for lower seeds. I just think it's it keeps everyone more involved in the season. It prevents tanking, which they've been trying to do forever. And I don't know. It's a, it's just more playoffs. I mean, it's more product for them to sell. I have I don't I don't I I think it's fun and I think it's the right idea for them. So the the, the question for me is like what I I honestly don't see any downsides to the plan. I don't understand why people and it seems like there's like a pretty substantial number of people that don't want the plan, don't like the plan, and I don't get it at all. Well, I, I can think of a yeah. couple reasons you might not like the play-in. Um, the first I mean, is, like, let's say you're a seven seed, and then your best player, like, gets hurt for a week at the end of the season and can't play in the play-in, and then your whole season's gone because, like, they had to miss four days. That uh, That's a potential scenario that would be... that would crush a fan base and sure. seems, you know pretty gross not fun to deal with uh i don't know that the play-in uh diminished the number of teams trying to tank at the end of the season this year it may have actually increased the number of teams that were trying to tank because all the ones at the bottom were trying to tank and then you also had like the clippers and denver and milwaukee like you had lots of teams that were in the playoffs tanking as well Uh, but no, I I don't think those are very good Wait, arguments. Hold on, you, so you think Milwaukee was tanking? Uh, once the Nets had locked it up, sure. Yeah, I think they wanted to lose. I think Bud was trying to get in his players' you know heads. Yeah, I also don't. I I, I just don't think they. Um, yeah, I mean, the way that they played like their last four games. Uh, it didn't seem like um no you know what no i'm i'm going to take that back i don't think they were tanking i just uh not in the same way that like the clippers in denver were i just don't think they cared very much i also like though that it's not just more opportunities for teams that sh- are not in the playoffs but it gives the lower seeds, the seven and eight seeds, a bit of momentum going into the playoffs, which makes the first round a little more interesting because, you know, yeah. they might, I could see in the future some higher seeds getting caught off their guard because they just had to win two in a row to get into the playoffs and now they're rolling and they're on, you know, they're already in a rhythm. So yeah. I could see, I think, I think it'll, benefit the uh the playoff entertainment value going forward i totally agree yeah i mean i think the counter argument to the idea that like you're a seven seed and your player gets hurt there for like four days and that sucks that you lose your whole season is kind of countered by like what happened to the lakers this year like if lebron and ad had gotten hurt sooner and the lakers had like fallen to the ninth seed we'd all be like thank god there was a play-in so that the lakers could you know actually play in this yeah, uh, I mean, post-season. not just that, but, like, to turn that argument on its head, too. Like, if LeBron and AD had been out for the entire playoffs and had gotten 
had gotten hurt relatively recently or like just were not going to be coming back, I still think it's good that there's a plan because it means that a team that's more likely to be competitive that yeah. didn't have the, uh, you know, the the extra help from star players that just aren't going to be there in the playoffs. I think that that's a, a benefit from the plan as well. It like, uh, what's what's the phrase for chaffing the wheat? Is that is that a thing? Uh, do you mean to separate the wheat from the chaff by using... That's the, it. Yeah, the word chaff as a verb? Sure. Sounds good. I like chaffing the wheat, though. Wouldn't it be de-chaffing? I was going to go with uh, winnowing uh, weevils. Winnowing the weevils? Yeah, you know. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> I've never yeah, heard yeah, that. Yeah, you do. You've read, you've read that book, The Weevils uh, cro- of Evil. Crossroads of Twilight. That's the one, yeah. yeah. All right. We don't... We're not going to talk about Crossroads of Twilight on this podcast. I'm embarrassed. Oh, we, I bet, I'll bet we will do that eventually. Oh, it's once, only a matter of time. Once everyone in pop culture is like, you know, this Wheel of Time stuff's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. Then, then we will complain about Crossroads of Twilight, and that'll be fun for everybody, I'm sure. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think there are good arguments against the play-in. Um, Apart from, like, you know, you have two bad games as, like, the eighth seed, and it's just you're out of the playoffs, where if you were in the playoffs, like, perhaps you lose those two first games, and then you could come back and, you know, win in a crazy upset or something. Yeah, but... That that doesn't really happen. And uh, the other reason that I don't think it's particularly interesting to like ham and haw about it is because eighth seeds don't upset one seeds. It's just like super rare. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, it doesn't, it doesn't end up mattering all that much. It's just a way to incentivize some more interesting games down the stretch, uh, which is good. Cause like the month before the final month of the NBA season is almost unwatchable, just incredibly boring. Like a really bad product. We literally just didn't even have shows because we were like, we're all busy. There's nothing to talk about. Wait until it gets nearer to the playoffs. So yeah, pro plan. Plus the Grizzlies made it, which uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, that was the game. I'm super stoked about it. <laughs> they were hungry. Jaw was unbelievable. Yeah, he was good. He was good. Man, uh, Taylor Jenkins tried his hardest to lose that game, too. He... I would would not have been surprised if they had fired him after the game. Legitimately. I know he's a good coach. I know he's coached well all season, but that was like... That was an incredibly bad performance from a head coach. I I mean, like, the only thing that I really... It it was just the not challenging that one call there was, was like, there were two calls that he was refused two? to challenge yeah the draymond charge and uh then the uh the th- th- foul on the three point shot the legs the leg kick the yeah. leg kick yeah uh also i'd I, like to, i'd like to let the audience know at home obi toppin just entered a playoff basketball game let's go this podcast i think is uh pro obi toppin until the end of time Quickly's out there Proby, too. Proby Toppin. Proby Toppin. Yeah, you got D Rose. You got Taj. Oh man, 
the Taj Taj miserables. is Taj is one of my favorite Knicks all time. Oh, dude, Taj! No, if there's a person who doesn't like Taj Gibson, I haven't met them. I just feel so much better when he's out there. Oh yeah, he's everything's going to be okay. Yeah, he's a very comforting presence. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm pro pro Taj pro Taj Gibson, um, and I, I'm pretty sure so is anyone. He's like a trying to think of a comp he's like the anti-shane battier like everyone just loves todge gibson when they watch him play they're like that guy's doing it the right way good for him which is the opposite of shane battier whom i assume everyone hates i guess i don't know that for a fact only until michael lewis gets involved and then everyone loves him (laughs) Uh, you know, I rode on a plane with Shane Battier once. Really? Yep. Did you let him know that you hated him? I did, yeah. I punched him in the face. <laughs> no, I, uh, no, I only beat up disabled people. Um, according I, I just to want to point Jerry out Sotek. that I, I, while I did say that, like I haven't brought it up even once. Well, that's because that. it was embarrassing for you, not me. Oh, I don't think it was embarrassing for me at all. You accused me of attacking a disabled person when I didn't do that. Is that something to be embarrassed All right. about? All right. I didn't realize that you were a uh, a Trump voter, Jerry. This is ah, this is yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is interesting. Uh, good to know. Good to learn. Uh, yeah, man. If is you Trey Young even... already going bald? Oh my god. I hope <laughs> so. That Join would be us, awesome. Trey. Wouldn't it be great if Trey was bald by twenty three? I mean, isn't it's pretty? It's pretty clear. It's. He's I've... keeping it long and disgruntled for a reason. <laughs> hiding something. Yeah, he's not doing the Zoomer haircut. He's just he's he's up to something. I you know I get it though. Oh yeah, as a as a bald man, if I if the top of my head were on television every day, I'd you know I wouldn't be stoked. At some point though, you just you're gonna have. To... I feel like I'm going to just have to embrace it one day and start shaving my head with like a combat knife, like every oh, sure. morning and just embrace like the um, a combat knife. Well, yeah. Cause you got to, you know, like just, just to get, ev- just get a real close shave. That, and then, then, you know, you're, you're, you've shed your identity forever. Yeah. The hair won't matter anymore. It's like, you never had hair at all to be. Obi topping with an NBA playoff assist. Let's go. Man, maybe I'm not going to root for the Hawks. At least not while Obi Toppin's out there. There we go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Yeah, so playing was like, oh, Obi Toppin. I'm a, I'm a little bit ahead of you, so I was yeah, like, you yeah, must I be. Just, uh, I, I think, well. I'll, I'll refresh my stream here in a bit, but uh, that, was, that was very exciting. I, I'm... God, I just want him to succeed so bad. He's just... He's still... He's still you know, I think... The, I talked about this at the, early at the season, that this was going to be weird for rookies yeah. playing in a limited capacity with no crowds. So it's interesting to see this, like, record... You know, record for a, the pandemic season crowd at MSG, and he's killing it right now. Yeah. You know the other thing about that take that you had was everybody thought that this uh, this class 
was like really bereft of talent and was like one of the worst rookie classes like ever. And they've been like shockingly good. Yeah. In spite Agreed. of that reputation. I wonder if maybe you were kind of right about that. Even though they didn't have like a training camp or whatever. Yeah, maybe they would have been even better. Yeah. Yeah. I really well, like this year's we'll rookie see, class. So we'll I'm... see we'll see next year if those guys are if we're back to full capacity and they they maintain what they've done this season. Man, will we be back to full capacity for the finals? Um, no, but I'd I imagine by next year they'll be pushing for it. You don't think that if like the Hawks inexplicably make the finals, they'll be max capacity in Atlanta? It's a red state. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Dallas Dallas probably yeah. would. Yep. Yeah. That's Maybe. what I'm saying. Yeah. The magic oh Miami. I don't man. Oh, should we talk about that uh that Miami Milwaukee game? Well, not yet. We'll get there. That game was that game was bananas. Uh yeah that's uh oh screw it let's just talk about it that was such a good game the milwaukee bucks missed so many wide open three-point attempts <laughs> yeah it, about halfway through the third quarter i was like how on earth did i pick the bucks to win the nba title and then they just kind of gutted it out it was so, so close though I mean, it was an incredibly tight game that jimmy finger roll Especially because he he just kind of throw, thrown the ball away the previous possession where he fell down and there was a scrap for the ball and then to get to the, get past Giannis like that the thing that I barely could, rolling in the most shocking moment of the game for me is when they called the ten second violation on Giannis in the fourth quarter like they hadn't called it on him the yeah, whole that, game <laughs> they whip it out they in the called- fourth. I've never seen that called. Uh, I cannot remember if I've ever seen that called. I have seen it. Man, maybe not. I remember during last year's playoffs, I was on the, I was like in a Discord chat with my buddy Sam, and uh, we were watching Lakers Heat, and every single play or every single free throw, LeBron committed a lane violation. It was like they got to call this on somebody. I know they can't do it on LeBron, but they've got to call the lane violation. And then Kyle Kuzma, like kind of leaned forward and they called it on him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It, free throws feel like a thing that should be so easy to regulate, but refs have just let it be the Wild West for so long that it's like everyone loses their their stuff. Uh, Mike Budenholzer was angrier than I've ever seen him when they called that penalty, too. I don't know if you... Uh, like w- After the uh, commercial break, they came back to a video of... Mike just screaming, uh, yeah. losing his mind. I I liked seeing him get that fired up. They also played their players more than 30 minutes. Mark Budenhauser, learning. Yep, yep. Which you, you it's good to see because, like, he's such a good coach. Yeah. And it was just like, come on, man so obvious what you need to do here yeah stop giving up uncontested threes that is not the defensive strategy 
Mark. Uh, yeah, that game was unbelievable. Um, the Clippers Mavs game was also really good until like the last minute and a half. Yeah, it fell apart. Are we still Jerry? I gotta, I gotta know because I think you're you're against the take that Paul George is bad in the playoffs, right? You don't believe that narrative. Uh, I mean, I've I've seen it be not true. So, uh, yeah, I guess more recently he's certainly been less good than he was in his early days in Indiana. But I'd know it's in him. God, yeah, it it sh- it sure should be. Uh, but he was a bum. Uh, Kawhi was kind of a bum too. Kawhi got his numbers, but he played awful. Like defensively, it was just I've never seen Kawhi Leonard care so little. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, it was the Porzingis dunk to put him up like one hundred five to one hundred when Kawhi was right next to him and just like literally didn't move and kind of like threw his arm, <laughs> kind of you know soft elbowed up. Uh, it just, uh, do the Clippers not care? Why did I pick them to win the West? What am I doing? Yeah, yeah it makes me wonder if, five. like, Kawhi's on the way out already. Can you imagine if Kawhi left that team, how gutted <laughs> their future would be? Yeah, man. I And he, to think about how much... He had to do to get himself to L.A. Too. Yeah, like well, I, he, had, he didn't. The thing is, I don't think he actually had to do that much. Like he, he gave up he a season of his career. A... Well, I'm just saying he 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 made it clear he wasn't going to re-sign with the Spurs, and he did everything James Harden just did, and more. Yeah. And what, I like Hurdle, but they probably got less. Oh, you think they got less? I mean, Demar's Demar's good, but Demar's like maybe gets you the eight seed. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I just like. Oh man, the Nets just got nothing. Or pardon me, not the Nets, the Rockets. Uh, yeah. I mean, the the thing is, is that the Spurs really didn't want to rebuild, and Demar prevented a rebuild. Certainly, yeah. He also like Ooh. the Spurs had like a a certain arithmetic like to their offense great. for a while there. Obi Toppin, uh, can we just call him the goat? Is it? <laughs> are we there yet? No. <laughs> Goodness gracious! I'm, love, I'm loving this. Me too, dude. Confident Obi Toppin. This is the this is the player who I was ranting and raving at you about last year, Jerry. Got it. He's just so different when he's confident. It's wild. Oh, look at it. Boom. Oh, man. Okay. All right. I can't. I'm going to get too playoff, bothered. Playoff Obi. <sighs> playoff Obi, baby. Does he already have more points than Paul George did? No. I know he doesn't, but it's 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 going to be fun. Think to... about think of, He's getting like triple XP for these playoff <laughs> minutes he's getting right now. So, <laughs> Oh, man. Quickly. Ooh. Okay. Let's go. Oh. 
Holy crap. Okay, Spike Lee's going to get thrown out of the stadium. Dude, the Knicks are locked in. I know they're still losing, but... uh... There's some vintage... Vintage Randall. Yep. (laughs) It turns out John Collins is still good. Yeah, that that Clippers-Mavs game, though. Do we think... Do we think the Mavs can do it? Absolutely, yeah. Oh god. Damn. I've never I've never heard the term vintage used in that particular way before and I'm here for it. <laughs> uh to be clear, uh Julius Randle just bowled over John Collins like a goddamn running back and uh John Collins drew the charge. That was that's like a that's a first half warning shot. Like he just wants Collins to be aware that just letting you know, dude. I might, I might just knock the wind out of I you. I might just crush you this whole game if you don't get out of the way. So, I've got five. I've got five more fouls. You decide if. <laughs> do you really want to do this six more times, John? He's been. I mean, but he does. He's. I don't want to tease him. He has not done that much this season. No, Randall's been amazing. Uh, For a guy his size, he can definitely knock someone the fuck out. Well, like we were saying right before the podcast started, like if you had if you had bet me a thousand dollars last year that I'd be watching Julius Randle sink step back threes in a playoff game this season, I would with, have I would have taken with, that thousand dollars with home court advantage. Yeah, with home court advantage. Yeah. Wow, that is that is wild. It's really too bad Lloyd Pierce existed <laughs> for the Atlanta Hawks, not for New York well, Knicks fans. But you know what? Good for them for having a guy like McMillan, like for getting get picking him up on the fly like yeah. that. Because he's a good coach, man. We didn't I mean, talk he... about him for coach of the year, or maybe we did. I don't know. Time is meaningless to me. I don't form memories anymore. But I think maybe we should have. I know we can't win, but god damn. They are such a different team when Lloyd Pierce yeah, isn't he's there. Been, I mean, they, they definitely they just turned around immediately the second that that move was made. Yeah, yeah, huge, huge improvement, and that was without Hunter. Hunter only played like three of those games. Pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it's uh it's been super fun. I don't know, playoff basketball is just my favorite thing in the world uh boston was up on brooklyn until like halfway through the third quarter that was pretty wild and then uh then the nets did nets things <laughs> i saw someone someone in the new york twitter sphere um mentioned that it looked like everyone on brooklyn had maybe taken peyote before the game because they were they they were out of it but they were they they were just they seemed like they were fucking around yeah they didn't care at all and then they did care for five straight minutes and they scored like 15 unanswered points till jason tatum hit that like fade away two and then they just never relinquished the lead again uh i thought there was a really sweet moment because a lot of people like to harp on the nets players personally like I think no one likes Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or James Harden anymore. And fair enough, they're pretty unlikable. 
But uh, there was a moment when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were uh, at the scorer's table and uh, waiting to come back in. And Kyrie Irving, like, laid his head on Kevin Durant's shoulder kind of tenderly. Like, they were whispering to each other, and he kind of, like, laid his head on Kevin Durant's shoulder. And I was like, all right, let's go. I'm here for this. Tender Kyrie. This is way better than the guy that calls reporters pawns. Let's keep this energy, Kyrie. He's hoping that GIF is going to catch on. Man, you think? I don't know. I, I think it's, LeBron it's might the, be the only guy the who... Like, like LeBron knows that the camera's just on him 100% of the time. So, like, no matter what he's doing, he's performing. I, I don't know if Kyrie's there. We'll see though. I'll keep I'll keep a sharp eye to see if Kyrie's like you know glancing up at the monitors to check if he's on screen. Uh, and then Portland absolutely shellacked oh Denver. Just made it look silly. Um, Michael Porter Jr. was incredible from within seven feet of the basket and just absolutely useless from beyond sixteen feet, which is not his usual effectiveness distribution their strategy of not letting Jokic pass was pretty wild but worked really well like Jokic scored really you know really easily sort of at will and uh just could not pass the ball which it turns out is the entire purpose of Denver's offense so Terry Stotts great great work sir I don't know why everyone wants to fire you every year. You're obviously really good at your job. And if you do get fired, please come coach the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Kings, I think. The Kings, you think? Yeah. What? That's not a sentence, Jerry. If if Stotts gets fired, I think he probably ends oh. up going and coaching for the Kings. Sure, sure. I don't think there's any shot... Stotts actually does get fired, but stupid Portland fans on the internet sure seem to want him to be, which makes no sense to me at all. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of rumblings that, like, the they're going to shake things up if they lose in the first round of the playoffs again. I understand but, shaking things up, but, like, Stotts has, I think, way overperformed as a coach, given the rosters that he's had. Yeah, I would agree. So, like, shake things up all you want. Go get, you know, blow the players up. But, like, good head coaches are hard to find. You don't just get rid of them willy-nilly. Like, if the the Mavs, when they were entering their rebuild, were like, you know, it doesn't matter that Rick Carlisle's really great at his job. We're going to try to shake things up. That would have made no sense at all. I agree with you. I just think that... uh that's just a thing that happens a lot. Like coaches get fired when they maybe shouldn't. If things aren't going exactly by like, or aren't going splendidly or like if you're facing some sort of stagnation or stalemates. Yeah. I guess like, like Mark, it's just a way to like relieve pressure. Mark Jackson got let go, but I think there were pretty good reasons to let Mark Jackson go both on the court and off. There was talk of Buddenholzer being on the Yeah, he's on the hot seat, seat too. It's like, what? Seriously? Well, I mean, after last year's playoffs, I don't think that that was unwarranted. 
But it's not like, I mean, he's still getting you home court advantage, your, your top three seed. I mean. Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I just mean like if if Milwaukee had come to the playoffs this season and been like, all right, now, I mean, Duncan Robinson still f- feasted. Like they're still not very good at defending the three-point shot. And they're just like, actually, we got into this a little bit last week, but like. They're also just not all that good at defense anymore. Like, they're not as effective when they have this more complex series of sets that they need to cycle through. Um, Jerry made the point that they're probably more versatile, and that that is true, and that should help them. But I I think it does kind of cap an upside for them, potentially, because even though they're more versatile, they're, they're also just not effective in the way that they were last year or the year before in in any of the various sets that they try and that's i mean that's i i don't know how that could be anything except a huge head coaching failure like they just legitimately refused to defend duncan robinson for an entire playoff series last year and also refused to play Giannis more than 31 minutes a game so Yes, the they've given up a lot of threes uh, over the course of the past few seasons, but they still had the best defense in the league during a lot of those seasons. Well, yeah, like top three. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. They were more effective, but they couldn't adjust when they needed to. Right. Yep. Uh, what? Um, I was going to say something, but it's just gone now. So, you know. Still new to this whole podcasting thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, well, if it comes to you, shout it out. I just mean if, like, if Milwaukee loses this playoff series to Miami, and it's because they're like, man, we just really still need to defend the paint. The paint is the most important thing in the world, and we just have to do that. Got to defend the paint. And uh, Duncan Robinson averages 26 points per game. And Miami wins. Like, I don't know. Does Mike keep his job? Should Mike keep his job? He probably won't. But the, I think it's... It, it, what is What are the odds that you end up with a better coach if you fire Mike Budenholzer? Or Buden, Budenhauser? Budenhauser, yeah. Thank you. Um I might make the argument that their their roster is strong enough that they might not need as good of a coach as Mark Budenhauser, so long as that coach can do one thing better, and that's like adjust to playoff offenses. Because Budenholzer has proven supremely deficient in that regard throughout his career, and I again I think he's capable of improving. It seems like he's already improved. But if he doesn't, yeah, go get somebody. Go get Ryan Saunders. Give him a shot. I mean, he's young. He's up and coming. You know, he's cheap. Jerry, you're so far away from your microphone that nobody can hear you making those noises. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, cool. 
I'm, we should just stop doing sound checks at the start of the podcast because yeah, at now. the start of the podcast, Jerry just always comes on back here and he wheels away from the chair and he's like, yeah, hey, can you guys still hear me okay? This, is, this seems good, right? You can hear me back here? All right, yeah. And then he comes right in sometimes to make a point and then he's, you know, he's back here and it's, I'm just like frantically trying to adjust the audio to compensate I can occasionally hear peepers throughout the episode as well. <laughs> Some, somewhere in the walls. <laughs> peepers is Jerry's cat who lives in the walls. Jerry, do you remember when... Um, I don't remember if it was Toby's batch of kittens. Some, some One of your cats had a batch of kittens and they got up in the vents and I had to go move the bed out of your old bedroom to like uncover the vent and get them out up there. Yeah, I remember that. Um, those, those rascals. Those rascals. Uh, one of our cats this past uh, summer um, crawled back in, like the one of the vents uh, on the side of the wall when we were replacing the floors in the upstairs had come loose, and she crawled into it, and then while crawling around in the vents, somehow fell into our furnace, <laughs> which you know. Was not good. Nope. Fortunately, it was the summer, so, like, the furnace wasn't running. I just, like, kept hearing a weird meow coming from this somewhere, and I was like, what is going on? And eventually we tracked down, yeah, and she had fallen down. Did you have to disassemble your furnace? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Oh, my God. Which one? Uh, peaches. Oh, peaches, okay. Which, for the listeners, uh... Uh, Peaches doesn't doesn't really meow almost ever. So like, I think it like I think she has something wrong with her throat or something. Like it hurts her to meow. So like, she doesn't really do it very much. And yeah, so you knew something was up. Yeah, yeah. My God, Uh, we should. So I'm I'm really glad that we got the Dave episode done. We really do need the like the taxonomy of Jerry's cats episode too, though. Give us the lowdown. Like, you know, Ozzy's the grizzled old cop who's missing an eye. He's seen some it, shit. This is going to be like a Game of Thrones level cast of characters yeah. here, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. True. Like, there's a lot of backstory. <laughs> like, Hatfield and McCoy style rivalries. I mean... You'll start off really disliking some of them, and by the end, you'll love them. Yeah. Well, until this past summer, our oldest cat was Bob, who was my 11th birthday birthday present. I had no idea Bob was still alive. Well, he he's not alive anymore. I mean, until this past summer. Yeah, yeah. Well, so when he was like about two or three years old, he he decided he didn't want to live here anymore. <laughs> yeah, moved next so door. <laughs> he moved next door and lived there for like 12 years. Uh, and then he decided, you know what, I, I would kind of want to move back when he was like 15 and old. So then he moved back in with us and spent all of his time with my dad. One of my things, one of the things that you don't know about my dad is that, uh, old dying cats flock to him like some <laughs> sort of pied piper. <laughs> uh, they, I think they sense that they... That like he is similar to them. He's one of them. Like, yeah, he, he understands them. So yeah. they <laughs> they all sleep on and around him 
for most of the day. Uh, <laughs> one time, my uh, sister, one of their neighbors, like, left. Uh, they moved to, like, California or Arizona or something. California. And they, and they just abandoned their cat. Like you do? Yep. Uh, who was this old, like, kind of like, you know, uh, asshole? Knobby. Well, he was this old, knobby, like, tan tabby cat. And so, like, they brought they brought him to our house, of course. And none of the other cats liked him, because, like, of course, none of the other cats liked him. So he just spent all of his time either under the bed in my mom's room, or in, like, the back room with my dad, just, like, sleeping on his head. And he died, like, after a year. But, yeah, so, like, all the dead and dying cats live with my dad. Your dad is, like, (laughs) good luck, Chuck, but for dying cats. Yeah, once once the cats start spending more time with my dad, that's when I get nervous. Like, Ozzy is spending more time with my dad now than he does with me. Mm. So I know that the, the end is coming for Ozzy soon. Does your which... dad just feed cats, like, snacks more frequently than you do? Uh, no, I don't think so. Cause my, I, my mom feeds the cats the most. I, I don't mean, like, probably. I don't mean, you know, for their actual meals. I just, like, your dad doesn't eat food, so... Like if mm, I see what you're saying. when he brings food into the room, does he like look at it and think, I don't need this and then give it to the cats? <laughs> I, that, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. Maybe we need some what's, investigative reporting. What's right. the name of the character in name of the wind? Who's like the caretaker to the, the orphans in Tarbian? Oh uh, God. Um, I don't remember. This is a level of hush, name of the wind hush, trivia that we don't need to. <laughs> hush, hush, what, what? He and he reads him some of the stories about Taborl and the Great and all that stuff. That you're David. Trappist. David is yeah. Trappus. David is like that, but for the the wandering paths of Mount Minnesota. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh. So that's that was that was Bob. Then there's Ozzy. He's the next oldest. Ozzy, uh, we got after Bob abandoned us to, like, <laughs> cover up the pain. Uh, and for a very long time, I had his loyalty because I would let him in and outside at weird hours of the night. Uh, like, so he, he like, he, he, like, and he appreciated that, so he'd spend a lot of time with me. A couple of years ago, he, uh, got into a scrap with something out while prowling around at night and... Uh, he got injured and ended up losing his eye. Uh, never have I been so glad to pay over a thousand dollars to have someone remove my pet's eye before, but I was so certain he was going to die that when he was like, no, he's just, you know, going to be a one-eyed cat now because he'll be fine. I was like, Ozzy's like a 12th level fighter though. He's, he's a hardened he is the veteran veteran guy. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. He's seen some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's Danny Glover would play he's Ozzy in the yeah. in the uh in the remake of Jerry's Cats Lives. Uh Masha Masha had a cat growing up named Thomas, and Thomas only liked my father in law, Vlad. 
Thomas hated everyone except Vlad. And uh, Thomas would get so violent and was not declawed that Masha would get huge, you know, scar, like, cut marks up and down her arms. And, like, they'd bruise. So she'd have these, like, purple scratches everywhere. And uh, she'd go to school. And Masha's a an immigrant, so she didn't speak English very well at the time. It was her second language. And so they'd, she was very nervous to talk because she was embarrassed about her accent and, you know, hadn't, hadn't grown comfortable speaking English yet. And so they'd ask her, who did this to you? What happened? And she'd just go totally silent and wouldn't say anything. And so they'd call Child Protective Services <laughs> who would come home or to her house and they'd interrogate her, and she wouldn't say anything to them either. And it took, you know, it'd take some time, but eventually they'd convince the uh, CPS people that it was the cat doing the things, not not her parents. But uh, and now he's doing ten to fifteen. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, Ozzy put him away. Funnily enough, yeah. Ozzy was the yeah. cat who caught him. <laughs> he took Ozzy's eye though, which was uh, it was a shame. <laughs> I this yeah yep all of that is especially the last part yeah that last true. part that's especially true the stuff before it take it or leave it but uh, that last bit hundred percent true he was doing heroin there for a while <laughs> I mean he really fell off the wagon he was like <laughs> I'm just glad he's I'm just glad he's okay now I'm glad he's yeah. off the streets personally. Yeah. I, rehabilitation's kind of a myth, I think, with sociopaths like Thomas the Cat. Should we write a gritty reboot of like a kids' book series about Thomas the Cat who does heroin and <laughs> terrorizes the neighborhood? The but the butcher of Brooklyn. This would be a good uh, bit in a sitcom, I think, where he like, you know, one of your characters is like an aspiring author and like just writes really inappropriate things for children but like does it in a like with anthropomorphic animals sure no kids love animals to talk yeah but i don't think that your cat 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 your cat cop should be doing heroin in your children's (laughs) it's like <laughs> doesn't, yeah. doesn't make your content People, any more pe- child friendly. <laughs> bad writers with bad premises is maybe the only trope of my stories. I include one of those in everything I write. Somebody who's Good. just writing shit that they shouldn't be. So I'll I'll, I'll take that under consideration. Uh, make make note of it and whatnot. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we we can finish the. Um, this or you know maybe it'll be a continuing episodic like we'll check in with your cats jerry and you can give us breakdowns on who they are and what they've been up to and we'll we'll like that'll be some fan fiction people develop the genealogy and they'll you know they'll draw them by the end it'll be like uh sex in the city like he's a peepers i'm a peaches you know what i'm saying I oh, her, so. she's a real toby i would definitely love to see fan art of ozzy as a grizzled cop with one eye yeah dude pretty sweet i just i'm just picturing a year from now there's like an extensive three on five jerry's cat lineage wiki 
like that people have our fans have put together they just like weave together the the family history of jerry's we finally cats. we yeah. finally get an audience and it's just furries who want to dress up as jerry's cats that's fine if, we'll, if they're willing to join the patreon that's right as long as they're mailing those 20 dollar bills we're we're down we do not judge what you do in your spare time uh, Bob was the coolest cat when he was younger because he he's all black. He was all black, and he would follow us around on Halloween. Like, and everybody yeah, that would be is like, cool. "There's a black cat following you around. What is going on?" It's like, "Oh yeah, that's just that's Bob." That's I, Bob. I really liked Zimmy when we were kids. Zimmy was awesome. Zimmy yeah. was so patient. Like, I I like Ozzy okay, but Ozzy and I have an understanding, and yeah, yeah. like Ozzy's not a patient cat. If you if you do a thing Ozzy doesn't like, he will fuck you up. Uh, oh my God, what was Laura's dog's name? the The worst dog, Stella. Stella Puchinski. The worst dog in the world. <laughs> what was wrong with Stella? Oh God, uh, Stella was just incessant uh, at all hours of the night and day. She'd bring you her Kong and demand that you throw it for her. But she also wouldn't fetch it. Like, she was both incessant and extremely stupid. Like, you'd throw the Kong and she'd just look at it and then stare at you again. And, like, paw. Well, the, the thing that I... She she was also the classic, like, throw. No, don't take. Only throw yeah. the dog. Like, she, she would, like, she desperately wanted you to throw her Kong. But she wouldn't let you take it from her. But she wouldn't let you take it from her. Yep. And... The only way that she would ever give it up is if you weren't watching her. Well, like, so in order to play fetch with her, you'd have to, like, turn around so that she could, like, put the turn Kong down and you see it. Like, oh, look, see, there, there's a Kong there. I don't know how it got there. Maybe you could throw it for me. <laughs> she was too sheepish. Oh, you know, I think I'd probably not mind. She also wasn't very affectionate. Like, there was, I don't know, all the things that I love about dogs, Stella didn't do. And all of the things that I think are super annoying about dogs, Stella embodied. Yeah, yeah. In general, one out of ten dog, would not recommend. Um, yeah, she died real young. At, uh, you know, didn't she get hit so. by a car? No, she had like a, she had cancer in her... Ugh. Uh, intestines, I think, oh, became really hard for her to use the bathroom. Yeah, so not even Stella deserved down. that. That's awful. Poor Doug. Yep. All right, I'll never badmouth Stella again. We respect we respect the the fallen on the three on five podcast. What uh, is dead may never die. Speaking of the fallen, the Golden State Warriors are not in the playoffs, guys. Hey man, they should have been better at basketball. Yep, I think the white the the right team won though. That was it's just it's more fun this way. The Grizzlies wanted it more. Yeah. And frankly, frankly, the fact that they won, I one of the people that I follow on Twitter uh, against my better judgment was freaking out. Uh, in the Warriors Lakers game because he thought that the the refs were giving the Lakers extra help and I was like, dude, 
that's you, you don't need to worry about that like if there's ever going to be they they wouldn't first of all they wouldn't fix this game if any game they're if they're going to fix any game it's going to be the one against the grizzlies right to get either the lakers or the warriors in and i don't want to like put my tin foil hat on or anything like that but some of those calls towards the end of that game pretty 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 favorable, pretty favorable for the warriors yep um, and the Grizzlies didn't give it. Didn't give a shit. They, nope. They went in anyway. They, they went hard. It. They took that game. That was beautiful. Yeah, I mean Draymond played so badly. Uh, which it, it... and John Morant played it out of his gourd. John Morant shot really well. I I actually think Ja played just okay for him. Like I, I know that he scored a lot of points, but that's because he played a lot of minutes. Uh, well, but it's just he had those. He had some big moments. Down he had, the he had poise down the stretch. He he, he had he poise. Up, yep, came up down the stretch. Totally. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm a jaw advocate. Is all I'm saying. Like I think a advocate. A advocate. I think that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a jaw, Hova's witness. I don't know. Anyway, um, we'll we'll figure out what the what the phrase is off air. Hmm. Like he's got a, he can for sure play better than that in the playoffs. He's not going to shoot five of ten from three, but uh, like he had, he had some pretty, pretty bad drives there in the uh, middle parts of the game. I don't think he passed particularly well. Like Jaws, Jaws better than what he showed that night, and that was very good. So yeah, go Grizzlies, go beat those Jazz. Donovan Mitchell's not even playing. Let's go. That'll be a fun series. Yeah, <laughs> I hope it will be. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Jazz are kind of a grinder. They're just kind of going to grind yeah. you down. No Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, but they haven't had Donovan Mitchell anyway. for months. It's true. Just saying. I guess you also don't think Donovan Mitchell is like even good. So that's that's an exaggeration. He's he's warmed up to him. I know during the I know. season. It's just I, I have to like hold him to yeah the caricature I, 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 of any opinion I ever yeah, give. Exactly, exactly. What was I, I, what was the like, one you just? What do I have? What was the one you held me to before the podcast even started? You said I was anti somebody, or maybe that was during the podcast. Time's meaningless. Or maybe it was uh, last week. Maybe it was I. I don't know. <laughs> I think it was last week. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember who it was, though. All right. Well, we'll get there. Oh, James Harden. Yeah, oh, that's, James that's Harden. Exactly yeah. Yeah, James Harden. Yeah. That's exactly who it was. Unbelievable. And that was last week. <laughs> Good. Oh, God. Someday I'll form memories like a normal person again. I hope. I or really maybe, maybe you're just you're achieving like Amy Adams level co- concept of time, and you're just seeing all, everything all at once. So you're, oh, no, yeah. you're no longer experiencing time linearly. I'm like the aliens in Slaughterhouse Five. Sure. Yeah. Do you want an arrival reference? No, that's a Slaughterhouse Five reference. Get... Arrivals based on Story of Your Life by Ted Chang. I'm referencing a book called Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah, by no, no, Kurt not Hahn. you, Matt. Uh, not oh. not you. 
Phil, that, that was an Arrival reference, right? Amy Adams? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I missed what you said. Don't repeat it. It's well, fine. I'll, I'll edit this no, part no. out. Yeah, you can edit this part out. Go back and listen to it. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Ha! Good one, Phil. Great Arrival reference. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, you might be right. I, I am, uh, I would say philosophically, I do lean towards eternalism. I think that had like, is the most coherent theory of time. So it, it would make sense that in my insomnia addled brain, I would choose to interpret the world through the lens of all points on the timeline being equally real. Now, if only I could start telling the future, what will Bitcoin cost one month from now? Yeah. Um, it's down a lot. I think it's I think. like 40,000 oh, is the exchange rate right now. It's down to 33 today. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Volatile, you know? Yeah. Yes. Like James Harden, who is a player I just can't get behind. Don't think he's good, you know? Jerry's yeah, watching yeah. something on the internet right now and dancing to I'm, it. I I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> I don't know what I'm referring to either, but I'm I'm referencing the thing to which you were dancing. Uh, Got it. Yeah, Phoenix beat the Lakers earlier today. Uh, the Lakers looked pretty bad. Part of that is just that Phoenix is like a vice grip. They put you in a vice grip, and that's tough. But Anthony Davis is not Anthony Davis right now. LeBron's not really LeBron right now. And it turns out beyond those two, actually Drummond played pretty well. Drummond, yeah, he's been he's been okay. He's he's doing what he needs to do. Yeah. Wes Matthews was bad. Yeah, man, everyone was bad. Wow, Schroeder was five of seven somehow. That doesn't seem possible. He was like a he was a a thick nothing burger. Thick nothing burger. A wow. double thick nothing. A double burger. thick Which, nothing burger. Doesn't that imply that like the thickness doesn't matter though? Like it's just like it doesn't matter how thin or thick a nothing burger is. It's still a nothing burger, right? Well, the, it's it's nothing because it's for you. The, the user of the nothing burger is the nothing. Got it. Yeah, the burger itself isn't nothing. By definition. I think we're... <laughs> Look on Jerry's face, trying to do the math on... <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait... <laughs> Go get Dave. He'll solve this quandary for us. No, we cannot abuse the Dave. Stop that. The Dave? Yes. <laughs> I'm to the win Dave. the West, at least. Oh, man. To make it to the finals. <laughs> but you get those long odds. You gotta get a couple of hundred bucks down. A couple hundos. <laughs> Oh, dude, that was that was such a treat. Oh, I, I got a good one the other night, or a pretty pretty good one. All right, read it to us. Uh, it was uh, at 
one forty four in the morning. Sure. The Holy Roman Catholic Church is the greatest evil that has ever been cast upon humanity! Exclamation point. So he was watching Ancient Aliens. <laughs> and, Probably. And one of the ufologists was like, Yeah. And the incident in the late 1500s where the stars fought one another was recorded, but the book was burned originally by the Catholic Church, and your dad was like, this will not stand. This is the biggest issue with the Catholic Church that I've ever had. And if you read the Bible, it describes a burning bush that he tries to travel to a mountaintop to see this flaming orb in the sky. And it's not entirely ridiculous to assume that 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 burning bush was some sort of extraterrestrial creature. Extraterrestrial. (laughs) Oh, Moses, you silly goose. It's just an alien. It's too bad that Moses didn't didn't stay woke enough to let us know about the aliens. But the Pentagon's letting us know finally, so soon everyone's going to be... I guess ufologist is an outdated term. It's uapologist now. Yeah, un, un I dare, and what is it? Aerial phenomenon. Uh, aerial phenomenon. That's right. Yeah, yeah this uh, the it's been a very noisy uh, week on the. Oh baby. UAP. Do you remember when the uh, first story broke in the New York Times? And for a week, I was like, I, I took a week off of work, and I was like, there are aliens, Jerry, and I'm gonna find them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to solve that. this mystery. <laughs> well, the problem the problem for me is is that they've denied it for so long. Now that they're now that they're telling us, it's like what what's their agenda here? Oh yeah, it's got to be a limited hang of some sort, right? Like what are we? Why now? Well, because like, we're about to start selling like the UFO golden dollar for twenty bucks. Got to yeah. get an influx. No, I, I'm right with you there, Phil. Like, what, 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 why are you revealing this? What, yeah, what, what are happened? You trying, what are you trying you were to all hide drinking, here? When you were all drinking goat's blood last yeah. month <laughs> at the uh, World Summit, like, what, what did you, what did you decide was less offensive than aliens? What policies did you adopt? Yeah, because I'm a little nervous. I'm all we'll for it, dude. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We're all vaccinated. We'll be fine, right, guys? We'll be, fine. we'll be fine. So do we? Uh, do we think the Phoenix Suns can pull this one out? Did we just get demonetized? Did you guys feel that? We're not monetized. That We're was a joke. Monetized. Yeah. <laughs> can you demonetize what is not monetized? What is? Oh, okay. Yeah. What's the uh, the Iron Islander version of this? What is de- not? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that one out. We'll edit it in right here too. Ha! Good we, one, Phil. Are, Great catchphrase. Are we Iron Islanders because we are on a ship? Sure. I was just thinking, what is dead may never die, but in the context of what is not monetized may never monetize may never, or yeah. be decom- become demonetized. We'll, we'll no, never no, I, buy me a boat. Yeah I, yeah, I get it. It's just that we've we've made a couple of Iron Islander references already. I is that like, true? This is, this is oh, going to be yeah. a trend. All right. Yeah. To be fair, I think in. Um, in the middle books there, the Iron Islander stories are the most interesting ones to read. Yeah, you, you would like, think that. Yeah. Why would I... What does that mean? 
I remember having conversations with you about those books, and you were like, yeah, I'm just really into Ario Hota, you know? I do like Ario Hota. What's the problem with that? <laughs> it's just, you know, he doesn't, he barely, he's just, like, not a an important character, you know? The atmosphere of his story is well built. It's an interesting change of scenery. Yeah, yeah. yeah Unbelievable. All right. Have you watched the show? Have you started no. watching the show yet? I will not. I will not be watching the show. Oh, I you're gonna, you're I, not going to watch it. Well, because the books are never going to get mind. finished. So I, yeah, no, I, I. You can't bring yourself to do it. I, I'm not going to betray like, however many years of Matts have done this. Like I'm, I'm deep in the sunk cost fallacy right now, guys. <laughs> Plus, everyone hates the show so much, so why would I watch it? Do they hate the whole show or just the end of the show? I think everyone hates the whole show because of the end. I mean, the end of the show sort of makes the rest of it... Like It's it's like one of those things where... It's like Alien 3. Like, you watch Alien 3 and you're like, maybe Aliens sucked, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I agree. I, I I did not like the ending, but... I can still go back and watch some of the early stuff with like Tywin, like Charlie Dance as Tywin, and they're just characters from the earlier seasons that are really fun to watch on the show itself. So. Like Ario Hota. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's featured much. <laughs> God damn it! He shows up. I think. Good. Dies unceremoniously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers. I, it's, just, it's just not important, Matt. The whole... <laughs> okay. oh, there, there's never been something that's been like more completely exercised from the public consciousness than like. It's really true. Like everyone, everyone loved it, and then that last season dropped, and everyone was like, "I, I I'm not a fan of that." And they, they just like with yeah. the people just don't talk about it anymore. I, it's bizarre. It's very it is, strange. The most bizarre thing is how they chose to squander it. You had this effectively unlimited money printing machine, and instead of printing unlimited money, you were like, let's just end it in six episodes or whatever. Let's rush it, yeah. Well, they wanted to do Star Wars. Right, get a new showrunner. Be like, Vince Gilligan... We'll pay you $40 million a year. I don't know if Vince Gilligan's the guy I want. Finishing Game of Thrones. Why not? You just they could have just gotten Okay, go get David George Simon. R. R. Martin. Yeah, that's they've already got him for four other shows. Yeah, I, I don't make though. a lot of sense to me. I, I want to hear why Vince Gilligan is the wrong choice to finish Game of Thrones. Now to Oh, no, I love, to be completely I fair. Gilligan. I haven't seen Game of Thrones, so I maybe the tone's I just, all wrong. I mean, that's just well, not you know true, what I think So I, I just, I've seen like the first two-thirds of season one while it was airing game of thrones and then i came over to steve's house one time to watch an episode from like season two or three and that's what i've seen of game of thrones well anything with when does the red wedding happen in the show end of season three okay i i did not see the red wedding the last thing that i saw let me try to think back I didn't even see... Oh, God. Oh, God. Spoilers. Skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want book one of A Song of Ice and Fire spoilers. I didn't even see Ned die. 
Wow. The last episode I saw is when Jamie Lannister like attacks Ned in the street. That's like second half of the first season. That's Ned... the last episode of Game of Thrones I saw. Spoiler, Ned gets beheaded at like episode nine. Yep. I think. So I've seen eight episodes of Game of Thrones. Give Anything with Charlie Dance as Tywin is gold. And is I don't Tywin even really... in the first season? He is for he is for like a couple of scenes. I d... <sighs> maybe I do remember that. When you first see him; he's like skinning, skinning a, a horse. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. a deer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I do remember that. Skinning a horse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just for fun. Is that in season one? Yeah, he's talking to Jamie about his legacy responsibility and some bullshit yeah but he's awesome that every scene with him anyway jerry i'm sorry i wasn't i wasn't specific enough on my ignorance of game of thrones i'll i'll be really clear moving forward i'll i'll be honest i totally forgot what we were even talking about so I, I mean, that's the most on-brand thing you could have said, so I'm down. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. Got, we know, know your brand. What, uh, do you guys think that the Suns are going to be able to beat the Lakers? I mean, yeah, dude. Looking, looking pretty solid right <laughs> Hell now. Hell yeah. I mean, realistically, so this is, this is the problem. I really like the Suns, and that means that they can't win. But goddamn, my heart says yes. Because <laughs> I, I was like, I, I think we most of us picked the Lakers. We all, we all did. The yep. I think that was like maybe on, on the caveat that they're healthy. I think yeah, is yeah. our specification. I, I just think that they might not be healthy. It, they sure don't look healthy. Yeah. AD was gassed by like the early second quarter. Chris, yeah, I mean, Chris Paul even, pulled it, his neck and he had more energy. It's going to be tough for them. Even if they can get right, I mean... I don't yeah, think man, they can I, I don't think they can afford to sustain a, a, a couple of seven-round series before making it to the finals. I don't know. But So here I don't know, oh, sorry, I, don't want to pull the, I don't want to pull the shoot too early or overreact to one game, but like Especially since, you know, it looks like Chris Paul did hurt himself a little bit in that first game there. But I think that the Suns could totally pull this out if the Lakers yeah. don't, like, get on track quick. So DeAndre Ayton isn't going to shoot 90% for the rest of the series from the floor. Anthony Davis isn't going to shoot 30% for the rest of the series from the floor. Do we know that, though, about AD? I mean... I guess I don't know that, but I I feel like that's the case. Uh, KCP isn't going to miss every three that he takes. You know. Oh. Like, it, it just was... I don't, I don't think Kyle Kuzma even attempted a three. Like, they just... It was a fat nothing burger. Two of Anthony Davis's seven rebounds came in absolute garbage time and were meaningless rebounds that he took out of the hands of a teammate because he, like, really didn't want to finish the game with five rebounds. Uh, 
and they only lost by nine. Yeah. Like the Lakers played horribly and they lost by nine. Yeah, and they'll, I mean, they'll benefit from home court crowd in LA. They're, I don't know how restricted they are there, but. I think they're at 7,000 fans, so pretty restricted, but. I don't know, dude. I'm. I think it is only about health for them. AD does not look like AD, and we've been saying that for months now. That he you in particular, you've been down on him for a while now. Yeah, he doesn't look yeah. like himself. So, yeah, dude, go Suns. I'd I'd love it if the Suns could could get through. I I mean the Suns match up really well with the rest of the Western Conference. So if they can beat the Lakers, the sky's the limit. You think they'd beat the Jazz? I think they match up really well with the Jazz. Really? Mm-hmm. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think that, you know... Mike Conley is more over the hill than Chris Paul. I'd rather have Devin Booker than Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Boyan's an issue, but like, I don't know, maybe Jay Crowder's going to do okay things. He's the LeBron stopper. The LeBropper. Look, dude, I'm, man... Oh, God. I just can't bring myself to say nice things about Jay Crowder. I know that he has good qualities, but I just don't care Sorry, about I, them. I, I baited you in Yeah, that. it's true. But you said that, and my whole body just shook. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Crowder was, like, awful today, and it just sort of didn't matter because he doesn't really matter to that team. That's That's unfair. Crowder, Crowder was fine on defense. Like, the things that Crowder does well, you know, he's like an outstanding facilitator for what he is. He's a very good team defender. When he's not absolute garbage from beyond the arc like he was today, did he make a three? I don't think he made any of his threes. But uh, when he's not absolute garbage like he was today, uh, then he's like a pretty good three-point shooter sometimes like he's fine he gives you some stuff i'd rather have boy on and then uh like yeah maybe aaron gordon is the x factor but aaron gordon jesus what am i talking about i'm sorry i just had a brain fart uh why did I say Aaron Gordon's name right then? Joe Angles? Uh I I was I was literally just all of a sudden in the ja- uh the Denver series Nuggets. trying to think yeah. why Denver could beat Portland moving forward. <laughs> and then realized, "Oh man, hey guys, I just I just transited to the future. That's what happened." <laughs> did you see that? Uh Dr. No, Manhattan. Like, You're turning into Dr. Manhattan. It all makes sense now. Oh, dude. I don't think I want to be Dr. Manhattan. 
I don't know if Doctor Manhattan wants to be Doctor Manhattan. He just doesn't really have a choice in the matter. Yeah, he's point. he's for sure bummed about it. So yeah, I don't know. I think the Suns match up pretty well against the Jazz. It's not like Aiton is your you know. Today he was their offense, but that's because he just literally couldn't miss and absolutely dominated AD on the boards. Um, yeah, so I, I I don't know that they do beat the Jazz, but I think they for sure could. Again, though, I'm like I, so I'm trying to control this because I I feel very biased towards the Suns. And I'm trying to be more objective about it because I want to be, I want to try to sound thoughtful, but in so my heart, would, it's just like, they're the best. I love them. <laughs> who would scare you if you're rooting for them to win, to make it to the finals, which team scares you the most after the lake? Like if they beat the Lakers in the Western conference. Yeah. I mean, the Clippers are a real problem for the Suns. but Hey, Maybe not because it's the playoffs. And it turns out that, you know, Marcus Morris is awful in the playoffs and Paul George is bad in the playoffs and Kawhi doesn't really want to be in on the Clippers and he's looking at the Lakers right now thinking, man, you know, the Nets have three superstars. Well, they might not even have to worry about them because Luka... Luca and company. That's might. what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. it, it, it might just not even be a thing. If the Clippers like get knocked out in the first round, uh, are they the most talented failures we've ever seen? Like not in an individual given season, but I just mean for the duration of the team's existence. I mean, they were only in existence for two years, right? Yeah, but you put on. I mean, I guess like the '90s Jazz existed. Yep. But like the 90s jazz, god. The only Oh man. All right, I'm about to make a real strong anti 90s jazz take. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. They weren't good. Everyone thinks fondly about them because they like could put up some regular season numbers and they played a long time and that's literally all they did well. All right. I mean, come at me. Come at all me. Right. They were definitely good. They might, they probably like they were. They probably don't deserve to be considered as great as they are, but they were definitely not, not good. What are you talking about? They made the NBA Finals multiple times, and were one of the greatest regular season teams ever. I, they were definitely not bad. Stop that! Don't let me hit you with a newspaper in the nose. I mean, Stockton had, like, what, 11,000 assists? This is what I'm saying, though. Like, like everyone everyone remembers them because of these grand numbers, but, like... But they made the finals two years in a row, and, I mean, that's because they were so... Good? And and just, How many years did Stockton and Malone play together? It was, like, 18, right? 16? I don't know. I think because I think Sloan's whole career with the Jazz was like nineteen years. So, however many years they played together, you're telling me that like if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving had played, 
18 seasons together, you'd look at two finals appearances and be like, that was great. That's what we would have expected from them. I didn't say they were great. I said they were... Your claim was that they are not good. For... Okay. What I mean is, like, in a historical context. Like, if we're talking about teams who were very good, like, pitted any year against any year, the Jazz aren't in the conversation. That's all okay, I'm trying well, would to say. Okay, would you rather... Did you think they were at least better than, like, the 90s uh, Supersonics with Gary Payton yes. and Sean Kemp and Detlef For Frank? sure, yes. But uh, the the 90s Supersonics are maybe the best example of how, um, I don't know, unobjective basketball media is about the 90s. Because that team, I don't, like those teams, but they're not—they're not like the Rockets. They're not the Elijah no, one. Uh, obviously not. But I think yeah, they're remembered I... more fondly and in like a greater historical context than the Elijah one Rockets, which is madness. See, I don't think that that's true. I think the Elijah one Rockets are remembered more fondly than the. Well, I no, I. Th- they're not because they're like those are they they get excused as well. That's when Jordan wasn't there, so yeah. But the those Jazz really also count. played. The Jazz also played during the time that Jordan wasn't there. So, right, but the they so I agree with you. I agree with you, Jerry. Yeah. But like I, I'm saying that the media does not. Carl Malone is certainly talked about more frequently than Hakeem Olajuwon. Like, Hakeem is talked about in terms of one offensive move that he used that was really 16 moves or whatever, and also the fact that sometimes he coaches guys. Yeah, like, the, he's the sagely okay, but uh, like Malone, veteran you go to. Yeah, Malone isn't looked on fondly anymore, and he's not? nobody talks about Stockton at all. Yeah, I think that may have been true at some point, Matt, but I don't think that's necessarily true anymore. Man, I still I still feel like I hear... Like, Carl Malone was just in a commercial with Damian Lillard like a year and a half ago. It was like three years ago, and they were explicitly making fun of Carl Malone. I just mean I to say... Want, I don't want to be one of those legends that loses in the finals over and over. I just mean to say, like, if Burgers Hakeem had been in the commercial, like, no one would have known who he was. Like, he's just not talked about. Yeah, but that's why Hakeem's cooler. When you like, yeah, yeah, we're just, super cool for liking Hakeem. I agree. <laughs> my point even is, he beat my Knicks in '94. When you think about the '90s, the first team you think about is the Chicago Bulls, and the second team you think about is the Utah Jazz. Well, the thing I like to the, the way I like to put Hakeem into context is that, um. He was drafted before Jordan. He was the first pick that year. Yeah. But no one ever says, no one ever clowns the Rockets for, for taking him, passing on Jordan because they got like an all time great center. Yeah, yeah. It's just Sam Bowie. That's the only one that gets clowned. But yeah. That in itself is pretty high praise because. See, I, I see that more as just a consequence of like Sam Bowie at the time was like more of a joke. Hakeem was obviously not a joke and now no one thinks about Hakeem Olajuwon at all or those Rockets your, teams. Your point about people what people think about when they think about 90s basketball is a pretty good one, I think. 
I think you're right. I think I would pick the Bulls first, and then probably the Jazz second. So, so is, maybe is you're your, right. Matt, is your take, because I think Jerry, you've ex- expressed this take too, that the 90s was overrated competition-wise. Oh, so that's that, certainly yeah, I, the case. I, I definitely think so, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if that's controversial anymore. Like, I think people have a pretty good handle on the fact that the 90s was a product of, like, expansion-era basketball. At least I hope that that is a common, a commonly understood viewpoint. For me, it didn't feel that way at the time, though, as a kid. It felt like... I mean, maybe it's because the Knicks were decent back then, but... I mean, I certainly don't think it affects Jordan's legacy at all. At least not in like. The... Oh God, not even a little. And that's that's not my point. I don't. I, I do not want to tie this into Jordan's legacy. Matt almost drew his sword. Yeah, he brought up said the word legacy. <laughs> well, I think that that's the re- that's probably why people are so defensive of that. Take, yeah, right. You're right. Because if 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 you're saying, oh, the competition was weaker, it's like perceived as an attack on Jordan's. Right. Status as the greatest of all time. And then consequently seen as like a an argument like against him. Which I, I'm not interested in making. I, I I don't care. Michael Jordan's amazing. Cool. I, I like the fact that there wasn't parody in the nineties doesn't take away from the fact that he dominated the decade. And anyone who would make that argument is only interested in propping up LeBron James. Like, that's the only reason you'd make that argument. I'm not interested in doing that. Uh, What I am interested in, though, is, you know, thinking about, like, the, the way in which we narrativize teams. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, if, if you get... Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on a team and support them with like a few borderline all-stars or at least former borderline all-stars and like great bench depth and they never make it past the second round like that's a huge that's an enormous failure in the same way that the Chris Paul led Clippers had enormous failures yeah well they didn't yeah they never even made it to the western finals did yeah no they don't they did not no paul's first and i believe only trip to the west finals was with the rockets when he hurt his hamstring which was such a oh god such a bummer in that series yeah yeah it's plausible that they could have yeah yep so anyway was one of the greatest teams i've ever seen that rockets team it's just very unfortunate that uh they, they were, were such a weird team. I think they're the most unique team I've ever seen. Uh, Matt, you can't modify. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. <sighs> Something either is unique or it is not unique. And there right. are no grades of uniqueness. You're fired from the band. That won't be necessary, Jack. Uh, yeah, so my... My only point is with bringing up Stockton and Malone is like they had it took them playing together for 11 seasons before they made a finals. Like I just don't think that that should go down as being one of the historic teams. In the same way that like 
Dirk Nowitzki's Mavs shouldn't go down as one of the historic teams, even though they won a finals. I never hear about the Jazz though as like some all-time great team. I just I just hear about like the combination of Stockton Malone being legendary and all certainly legendary yeah i I guess i do hear about them in that context but jerry's right it's only to prop up the narrative that michael jordan beat impossible to comprehend super teams well and as a knicks fan i always my mentality back then the way i thought of the knicks i always saw them as like oh they're just like they're only like one half step away from being better than Jordan and and the Bulls, but in reality, like in in today's NBA, are they as scary as like the, the Portland Trailblazers? Like maybe that's what the Knicks were in the '90s, com- comparable to yeah. today, which is fine. It's they're, fine, they're like a perennial threat for the second round, but. They probably were never realistic candidates, at least when Jordan was playing. Unironically, for like the first five years of my basketball life, so like from age five to ten, Greg Ostertag was my favorite player in the NBA. So I, I watched a lot of <laughs> when the he was old on the Jazz. Jazz. Hell yeah, dude! Yeah. yeah. Well, he only had one season off the Jazz, right? He played for Sacramento one year and then he went back. He's like, I can't do it. The Jazz is in my blood. I gotta dance. It's a great name. Greg Ostertag? Well, and he was double zero? Come on. Come on. How could I not love that guy? Greg Ostertag. What a dude. He was a mammoth. He had no skills at all. It was... It's astounding to think of, like... He was six fouls. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't... I don't remember him being a foul machine, but I I was pretty... No, but that's just... It's a body you can throw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do remember in like 97 watching the NBA finals and one of the announcers was like, and Greg Ostertag might be the X factor that this jazz team needs. <laughs> it's like dudes averaging like four points a game. <laughs> remember when Greg, uh, Greg Popovich? No, Nikola Pekovic was like oh. your favorite player for Nikola a while. Nikola Pekovic is still my favorite basketball player. Not my favorite human. Peck oh, told unfair. me about his uh, post NBA career. I was. Am I being unfair? That. Dude made. Yeah. Dude made tens of millions of dollars for literally doing nothing, and decided, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna become a, a mobster. That's what I want to do with my. You know, nothing money. Yeah, more power to him, man. Wasn't that like a max at the time? It was no. not a max. It was $3 million. Oh, no, no. It would have been $7 million fewer than the max at the time. Okay. But it was still like an absurd amount of money. $18 million, Phil. Which... No, that's not right. Wasn't it 12 and a half? For Peck? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought, thought it was, it was 18. Like a, I thought it was like four years. It was four, year, four years, 48, I think. Oh wow! Actually, Phil's. No, no. Yeah, you're you're right, Jerry. It was four years, forty eight. So okay. it, it was half of a max at the time. God, was that that was nine years ago? And he played like one 
out of those four years and was hurt the he, rest he of it. He played more than... I mean, he played intermittently throughout. It's just... Like, Peck had more games in a in a suit than he did in a jersey. He was really good for that first season, and then half of the next one. And then it was... Oh my god. I mean, the... Let me look at it, actually. I want to be exactly correct about this. Yeah, that 2013-2014 season... Oh, come on, baby. 20 and 10. Did he actually hit 20 and 10? I thought it was like 18 and 8 or something. No way. 20 and 10. Peck was a monster. All that guy did was win basketball games. He was was just so much stronger. Oh, okay. No, I'm wrong. It it was 18 and 9. Okay. Shoot. See, these are the rose-colored glasses I want to avoid with the Utah or with the Phoenix Suns right now. The things that I like, I just like way overestimate, and I'm aware I'm of it. But very I'm very good to... about my uh, my Portland pick, though. Yeah, I mean that... they they smacked Denver, and who knows if if I th- honestly think they uh, the Suns would be a They'd probably rather play the Lakers the way they're playing right now than Phoenix, but Portland in the second round. Mm. I love the playoffs. Holy shit. This is going to be so much fun. Gosh. All right. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, you're you're right. It's 18 18 and 9 that season, but that's only 30 minutes per game. Come on. I mean, that's pretty good. I'm not saying he's... No, I, know, I, just, I, I just didn't think he ever hit 2010. You're right. He did not. Oh. I'm re- uh, the thing that I'm saddest about is that the Montenegrin muscle never caught on as a nickname. I thought you preferred the Montenegrin beast screamer. Oh, well, he he shared the beast, beast screamy, screamer title beast with him. screamer? Yeah, well, because Peck would scream sometimes. Like if he if he got an and one, he'd just take the ball and scream at it, uh, which is one of the reasons why he was my favorite basketball player ever. Back in high school, I had a Facebook profile picture that was just Nikola Pekovic like flexing with the ball inside of a red heart, because uh, you know, I, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I I oh man Trey. Yeah, that's not not a flattering shot there. <laughs> uh, man, wow. Trey, yeah, he's going bald. Join us, Trey. Nah, he's an NBA star. He'll actually. Can I just say how much I respect Kevin Durant for not having hair replacement surgery? That guy has the craziest pattern baldness I've ever seen on anyone's head, and he just owns it. Manu comes to mind. Manu had some funky hair, but Kevin Durant yeah. is like, he's like got your beard on his head, Jerry. Please don't talk about my beard. <laughs> yeah, I only just started to notice it this last game. My beard? No, the, the, the Durant. <laughs> yeah, the Durant bowl, but... uh I'm not gonna. I'm not guy. 
I'm I'm in that I'm in that department. Own it, now, dude. Yeah. Good yeah. for Kevin Durant. Don't do the Carlos Boozer thing. I mean, it's it's easy to own things when you're Kevin Durant, you know. It's not easy for Kevin Durant to own things when you're Kevin. Well, like Durant. Alex Caruso, you got to respect that. Guy. Oh hell yeah, I respect Alex Caruso. Like Ke- Kevin Durant is maybe the most sensitive human being on the planet. Yeah, he definitely could be. And I'm sure that many people have been like, "Just shave it, bro." And that's got to hurt Kevin Durant. But he, he owns it. That's all you can ask for. I think that they probably say the similar things to LeBron James too, right? Uh, Yeah, but LeBron has had hair replacement surgery. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, well, he's got to do Space Jam, so. Oh, God, does he? He's saving them money on the CG budget. My favorite part of the Space Jam trailer is they literally just thought, man, we used all this IP for Ready Player One, but everybody thought that movie sucked ass, so let's just try it again. <laughs> we'll get the the Iron Giant in Space Jam. Why not? Warner Brothers. See, there was no way... <laughs> It was such a fluke that Space Jam was a thing. To to try to capitalize on the nostalgia of that with LeBron just seems doomed to me. Who would America would try to capitalize on a fan group's nostalgia, Phil? That's No, but it's just <laughs> I think the people that loved Space Jam were, you know, twelve at the time. And they're not good. I don't know. I don't think those people would necessarily like LeBron. Oh, so I, I think they hate that, LeBron. So anyone that is like, I love Space Jam. I can't wait to see Space Jam too. But it's now starring the guy who everyone thinks is better than Jordan. But I know they're all frauds. Yeah, like that's that's who that's the target Mon- audience of the Space Monstars Jam. The monsters better win this one. Because yeah, we all know <laughs> Michael right. Jeffrey Jordan never would have lost to the monsters. But LaFraud would. They didn't allow hand checking in yeah. the Monstars game back in the... yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. That is great. When Michael Jordan lo- or beat the Monstars, it was the pure game. Now it's just run and gun, drive and kick. Yeah. God. I, oh, and oh. Bill Murray should never have been allowed to play. He showed up late. He was yeah. not on the original roster Clearly sheet. was not there for roster fucking formation bullshit. fucking yeah. bullshit it's a technicality i agree man space jam is space jam the original one because the next one will be worse at this but is the original space jam the most pandering movie that's ever been made pandering i'll say this i can't think of a movie that was made more with that captured like a specific time place and obsession and that was made purely to capitalize on that more so than space jam because it's like looney tunes plus basketball question mark and i i mean i 
the only reason that worked was because Jordan was just ubiquitous. It was just a sure thing that you were going to make a hundred hundred million dollars on your investment yeah. back then with yeah. Jordan on it. So, yeah, it's it's wild. The media machine of the nineteen nineties is so dissimilar from the media machine now. Like yeah, the they're just the churning inter- crap out. Well, it's true, yeah. And I'm not saying they weren't churning crap out then, too. I just mean the content that they were choosing to, you know, crap all over was was pretty fundamentally different. That was still back when we were trying to just sell everyone, every superstar as an actual god among humans who's a role model and, you know, all of the things that your dad said about LeBron in that one text, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now the media knows that that's insane though maybe not because like uh oh my god i don't know if you guys have seen all the commercials during the playoffs for the mike tyson documentary but the way that they frame his story is the rise which is him becoming the greatest heavyweight boxer in the world the fall which is him raping a woman and going to prison the comeback which is him punching people in the face after having been released from prison as if this is heroic. And it's just, it's an actual factual documentary that, you know, is that old onion article college football player heroically overcomes rape. He committed. Jesus. Yeah. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we are just still in the worshiping athletes saga of our, of our culture. It's, you know, it's, uh, there's there's other guys though that you know it's for athletes it's like it's not they don't want to address it so I think fans that are aware of those stories it's always in the back of your head but no one no one writing about or talking about it on the on podcasts or in articles is gonna like just remember Derek Rose had a weird yeah lawsuit one of the one of the things that I admire about Charles Barkley was that some of the quotes that he had about I'm an athlete like I'm not a role model yeah you need to look to other people to be a role model I'm that good was at an shooting. ad that, was that yeah. a Reebok ad Nike or Nike yeah yeah yep um ironically Charles Barkley was kind of a role model though he just was not into marketing himself but he was like donating lots of his salary to homeless shelters and all sorts of other good things at that time. But yeah, no, it's true. Like we shouldn't worship athletes. These should these people should not be thought leaders in our Darren society. Sharper. Uh, yeah, were... Darren Sharper existed. Bass, Bass, like said oh. that Darren Sharper was his hero. Yeah, it's like uh... Bill Cosby, not an athlete, Bill. but same deal. Yeah, I mean, like, look at, like, baseball is so terrible about this. Baseball has, you know, like, 19 people in the major leagues who have college degrees. And I'm not saying that you can't, like, skip college and be a thoughtful enough person to be a thought leader, but... Really? Because it kind of sounds like that's what you're saying. Yeah, I know, it kind of sounds... Thank you, thank you Jerry. Uh... <laughs> well, when, when all the home run hitters were lined up in front of a Senate committee hearing... Yeah. And I did not take, to, like, never would take steroids. 
They either lied, pretended to cry, or uh, all of a sudden couldn't speak English anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and uh, yeah, that's that's when you, as a fan, you're like, oh, I can't, I can't get that invested in these people. They're just, this is just, this is drama. This is not anything meaningful. But it's, it, I mean, there is an element of it that I think can be really personally meaningful. Like it's, it's inspiring to watch someone practice a craft their entire life and perfect it. That's an, an amazing well, thing that you can take in your own life. But yeah, that doesn't, not that taking, doesn't mean they're yeah. a good person. Or also that it's just not, it's, it's not worth that level of commitment from you as a fan. Right. You don't need to get that involved. Like we do this with everything. Game off. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where like, like David Bowie, it, you know, died a couple of years back man i'm gonna make a lot of friends on this podcast david bowie died a couple of years back and everyone in the world seemed to just ubiquitously mourn it and call him a genius and all these things and it's like david bowie like completely bragged about fucking 13 year olds all the time we know this happened this is this is an uncontroversial thing that david bowie had sex with 13 year olds this guy should for sure be in prison. He's a pedophile. So were many rock stars in the 70s and 80s, it turned out. But nah, man, but the songs, they really slap, you know? We love those songs from the 70s and 80s. So we're just gonna... It was it was weird. It was a weird time. I just... I, I think that that's... That's gross. Uh, that, that impulse that we have as humans to worship people. It's wrong. Don't worship people. There are no heroes. Oh, people... People blindly loved and uh, supported Michael Jackson. So. Sure. I mean, Michael Jackson is more ambiguous than David Bowie. <laughs> like, it's it's not confirmed that he yeah. ever assaulted anybody. Easier target, though. Easier target, certainly. Uh, bigger, bigger star, too. Like, for sure, more ubiquitous in the culture than David Bowie ever was. Michael Jackson maybe was just the single biggest musician in history. And yeah, like, you know, obviously had tons of his own trauma that he expressed in really strange ways that was easy to tie into a narrative about pedophilia. But as far as I know, the FBI never said definitively that anything happened whereas there are accounts from the 13 year olds talking about their nights with david bowie and david bowie you know had photos with them and stuff like it just isn't controversial yeah yeah i didn't even know about any of this so yeah it's that's what i'm saying it's you know we we have this media machine so i am wrong yeah. we are still in the the era of worshiping our stars i wonder why everyone hates lebron so much then <laughs> i think it's i think it's more than likely lebron will be a presidential candidate within the next 30 years really yeah he already operates like a politician he has press releases he has uh prepared statements he 
he takes stances on things. I mean, he's already like angling for that career My God. later in life. Wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me at all. Your dad would he... vote for him, Jer. Yeah, <laughs> and he could at this at this stage he could probably win it. Oh yeah, the presidency Given... means nothing anymore. Yeah, and that's not to that's not to say he would be good or bad. I'm just saying if you if you asked me 20 years ago if like a basketball player could have Michael been... Jordan would be president of the United States, I would not. I would say no. Why would he want to do that? But I think LeBron could and. Probably will. Oh my God, I've never, I've never considered this. In my brain, LeBron's only goal in life is to become a billionaire. Um, yeah, but he, he's already like on pace to do that. He'll get yeah. bored, and then he's going to be fifty, and be like, well, might as well be president. <laughs> yeah. Damn, dude, LeBron for president. He's old enough now to run for president. Yeah. Will LeBron get, run for president while he's, while he's still playing in the NBA? While under contract yeah. with the Los Angeles Lakers, yeah. <laughs> he'd have to he'd have to move to the, like maybe if the Wizards draft his son, he can oh, come genius. out of retirement. Oh, and there, there'd be the the parallel because you know late career Jordan going to the Wizards, and then once he's been, done his two terms as president, with all the you know, secret lobbyist kickback money he's he's picked up over those eight years, he can buy the Wizards. And there you go. Own, then he'll own an NBA team. I mean, it it does seem important to LeBron to be remembered as being better than Jordan. So is like, is if he doesn't win a fifth title and he's, you know, he's a little insecure about that, does he just buy a team and just be a better executive than Michael Jordan? Because yeah. like, obviously well, so that's then- not hard to do. So when Mike retired, what did he do? He he bought he bought the Charlotte Hornets and gambled. Oh, I became president of the United States. Yeah, <laughs> and then I bought the Washington Wizards and yeah. won the title. I uh, is it really that close? I I brokered peace with China and I delayed <laughs> global warming for five years. What did you do? Yeah, <laughs> he, he's he's got to buy the Bulls, right? Oh, that would be the ultimate flex. Yeah, that's a really good point, Jerry. I mean, LeBron's LeBron's got a healthy ego. He'd buy the Cavs from Dan Gilbert, right? Dan, I don't think Dan would ever sell to him. But no, I don't think so either. This would be the ownership selling equivalent of Tillman Fertitta refusing to trade James Harden to the Seventy Sixers. I think he would. I think I think Dan Gilbert would sooner move the team to another city than sell it to LeBron. He would rather move the team and then sell it for less than to sell them <laughs> to LeBron keep them in Cleveland. Dude, Le- LeBron is the only reason that the Cleveland Cavaliers have mattered for the last 30 years. This is some pretty serious Kevin Love erasure. Uh, yes. Yes, it is, Jerry. I don't remember a joke song being written about how Cleveland's economy was based on Kevin Love. True. Probably hurting, given how much they're paying. It's true. It's a net loss. The city's chipping in for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Jerry. 
I can't believe you're pro Kevin Love and so anti Wiggins. I'm not pro. I'm not pro Kevin Love. We just made fun of Kevin Love, and you literally frowned as wide as your mouth <laughs> could go, shook your head, and hunkered down like a turtle descending into his shell. That was incidental. I was going to do that anyway. Oh, got it. Uh, so Jerry and I were texting during the playoff or uh, the play-in game, and Jerry was like, "I can't stop smiling right now." At some point in the fourth quarter. I was like, "Why wow, you stoked the Grizzlies are going to go? Because, you know, obviously I see everything through the lens of the well, Grizzlies hold, are hold fun. Hold on. I, 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 started, I started off by saying I felt bad about it. Oh, okay, that's right. You did say that. Yeah. But, but go on, finish your... Anyway, I was like, why? Because the Grizzlies are winning? And you were like, no, because Andrew Wiggins just bricked that three. Man, every single thing I said about how the Bogdanovich oh. signing was uh, was redundant, I take back. Oh, yeah? Oh, no. Gosh, you guys are still ahead of me. Oh, shit. Randall and Barrett not playing terribly well tonight. Well, it's their first playoff game. I mean, they're lucky this is even tied the way they're playing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking more. We all we all picked the Knicks last uh, last weekend, and throughout the week, I was thinking to myself, like, the the Hawks went like twenty seven and ten. After yeah, they fired yeah. Lloyd Pierce, we probably should not have <laughs> been so. I was, I was hesitant. <laughs> yeah, to. I felt I had to because I don't want to be the guy that like. I'm I'm down enough. I'm dreary enough as it is as a Knicks fan, so I got I had to be at least be somewhat optimistic. But they they definitely this team makes me nervous because yeah they're. They only have one weapon. But they they seem to get suckered into Trey's bullshit every time they play against Who do you them, think so. only has one weapon? New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say the Hawks are crazy deep. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Also, the Hawks, that's, that's the problem. Like, the Hawks have a ton of offensive weapons that they can lean on. Whereas the Knicks, the only one that I think is reliable is Randall. And even he is, like has only become reliable in the past year, which yeah. makes me a little nervous. Sure. I don't know. Burks and and Rose have been solid for them the second half of the season. but uh, Yeah, RJ's had a nice year. Yeah, RJ's gotten better. Um, Look, Trey's played amazingly this game. And, uh, yeah, his supporting cast has played pretty okay. Like, Trey Young is... Uh, you know, he's probably good enough to, like, win you a game or two in the playoffs. I also like that he, he for sure knows that uh, that Luka got a triple-double in their upset win. So he's like, shit, I'd better figure out how to rebound. He's He's jumping out of the other players right now like a shark jumping for a seal out of the sea. 
You just see the afro poking its little little tuft out. You look Collins and Collins and uh Trey high five in there, they're getting along. There's no beef there. They're fine. I love John Collins. Hot darn. He's just so solid. He just, he just does what he needs to do on any given night. He's he's like I think I think John Collins will wind up being like the Todd Gibson of this era. Oh, interesting. Where it's just like he's just really solid. Everyone loves him. He's like a nice guy. He's really fun to watch sometimes. But we wouldn't give up uh Edwards to get him anymore, right? You definitely can't, no. Yeah. I mean, even when even in the swing of Ant's huge struggles where we when we were like yeah, you know, you, yeah. freaking out, we came back and we're like, look, when you think about this clear headedly, you definitely cannot trade Anthony Edwards for John Collins. Uh, we said some things we didn't mean. Yeah. <laughs> the Timberwolves do that to you. Uh, this is oh, a heck boy. of a game. Holy buckets. Yeah, this is... Uh, I'm not not well right oh. now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> All right. Damn, you're like 10 seconds ahead of me. like this guys <laughs> oh wow d rose all right vintage oh my god hey uh, vintage <laughs> uh been used both as, as a positive term and as a negative term i so think he, i think d rose recently disavowed the notion that anything he does is vintage i think he's offended by that word now it's fair is that fair i mean like i i understand why he would feel that way Dude, I'm so stoked for the Memphis-Utah game. Oh, my God. All right. Guys, can we get to the main topic today? We were supposed to talk about this, but I think we're all just pretty sucked into playoff basketball right now. Uh, sure. Is the Western well, Conference is the Western Conference actually better than the Eastern Conference anymore? Yeah, it is. Okay, Jay. Yeah, I, I think it is, but it's not as glaring a difference as it used to be. If you had I mean, to Harden Harden moving to the East this year certainly helped. If you had to rank like power rank the NBA team all of the NBA teams in the playoff right now, who would be your number one team? Brooklyn. Probably the Brooklyn Nets, right? Who's your number two team? Um probably a healthy Los Angeles. Yeah, Lakers. but the Lakers yeah. aren't healthy. So we're so that doesn't say anything about matters. I'm talking about conference, I'm talking about power rankings right now. Who's your second team? Uh, it's Milwaukee or Philly, right? Yeah, maybe the Bucks or the Philadelphia 76ers. And then one of those guys is probably your third as well. Yeah. Right. So even if LA is healthy, so you'd put you would put the Sixers over the Clippers. I think so. Yeah. Um, I wanted to text this exact thought experiment to you guys when you brought this up earlier in the week, Phil. But uh, 
I figured we should save it for the show. Oh! Oh! Oh, Trey! Do you think he's talking to Bill Simmons right now? Oh, he's talking to Spike Lee. Oh my God, Trey! Phil, how many? How many was two? I don't think that was to Spike. It was to someone in the crowd. I think it was to Spike in the crowd. (laughs) Hey man, there's still uh, almost a second left. That's true. Don't get too excited there, Trey. Oh my gosh. No way. That I mean, yeah, that's, this is that's gonna be, be this it. is this is what's gonna happen. He's gonna win. He's gonna he's gonna they're gonna win and he's gonna be we're gonna see a million Reggie Miller, Trey Young. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what will happen. That was a sick floater. God. Oof. I'm sorry, Phil. It's hard not to be stoked. I I like No, it's I, fine. I love the Atlanta Hawks, but I I know that that is a shitty way to lose a basketball game. No, I think it's still to figure this out, but So anyway, my point is I think that three of the four top four teams in the NBA, and right now probably the top three teams in the NBA are all in the East. Yeah, I think they could definitely make that argument. And so while the, well, the West has more the depth... The, the thing about the East is that it's always been very top-heavy. Right, but the top-heaviness has been LeBron. I mean, it, I mean, LeBron has always been a part of that top-heaviness, but like, there's usually two or three teams in the East that are very strong. Man, for, not for like that, the past 13 years... What do you mean? I mean, like, after Boston aged, it was LeBron. I mean, it was LeBron and then, a, a like, a rotating cast of other teams that were, like, pretenders to, or, like, that were challengers, right? I'm just so saying that those other teams... 60-win 60 60 Hawks, various Celtics teams, the... The Pacers. The Pacers... Yeah, I, I guess my my argument is that none of those teams were ever in the con like conversation the, for the top four in the NBA. Not even close. I I I think you're underselling the Pacers teams a little bit, aren't you? I don't think so. Like they were really there were the Bulls for a while. I, I don't know. I think that the, that you're the Derrick uh, Rose Bulls. Yeah, man, Derrick Rose Bulls had one good season where they really seemed like maybe they could become a contender. Yeah, I don't think there were any other Eastern Conference teams who would been who would have been in the like conversation for it. They're a contender. The West, you had like four or five at any given time. No, I'm not saying that. I think that the Yes, because the West was stronger. I'm just saying that the East have had have always had a few. They've always been top heavy. I, I don't. I guess is that like they're the top three teams in the East have been pretty good. Like all like, like LeBron and then two or three other teams or like 
generally like two other teams that are, you know, people are like, maybe they can beat the, beat LeBron. Like they've got a puncher's chance kind of thing. Man, I, I can't think back to like 2010, anyone calling an Eastern Conference team a contender that like wasn't a LeBron led team except for, like, the Kawhi Raptors, but obviously that was post-LeBron. And, and there then was the, the the Dwight Magic. That would that was 2009. But they made it, and they made it further than... They lost to the Celtics the next year, but they got to the Eastern Conference Finals the next year. I mean, they were... Yeah, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2010. That's true. But, I mean... The... the, the the line I'm drawing is when LeBron went to Miami. Yeah, it's hard to argue with you because he never failed to make the finals after that point. But, like, that wasn't set in stone. Like, there were teams that could have potentially beaten him. I'm struggling to think of who those teams might have been. All right. Well, was that Hawks that fine. Hawks team with Millsap and the Hawks team was, was that was later? Uh, well, no, no, that was in the middle of LeBron's run, but they just flamed yeah. out in the playoffs really, really hard. I well, I mean they they lost to LeBron in six games. Who is the second best player in the Eastern Conference all those years? Like. Early on, it was probably Dwayne Wade. Yeah. And later, it was probably... Maybe John Wall? Kyrie John Irving. Wall? or Yeah, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, right now, the top three teams in the East, you have Joel Embiid. You've got Kevin Durant. You've got James Harden. You've got Kyrie Irving. You've got Giannis. Maybe, like, Rajon Rondo? Rajon, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Top heavy. No, th- what, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, it was not the top three teams in the East ever. It wasn't even really the top two teams in the East. Like, LeBron... I, I'm not going to use this as criticism against LeBron in the same way that I'm not going to use <laughs> the 90s as criticism against Jordan. But, like, the East was garbage beyond LeBron. Oh, that's, uh, that's no, you're not wrong. wrong. And even even those years when... You know, I think there was one year the Celtics Heat and uh, Magic all won like 60 games. But I think you still... No one really took any of those other teams seriously. It was... The the West was still the clear uh, heavy favorite in those those seasons. I I think your timeline is maybe a little off too because the... Dwight Howard being on the Magic was the before time. <laughs> uh, my only point is, like, in the West, you had the Lakers, you had the Spurs, you had, you know, uh, after that, the Warriors. You had the Mavs a little bit in there. You had the Thunder. Like, there were plenty of teams that were legitimate contenders. And those those types of teams just did not exist in the East, except LeBron. There has not been a time that I can remember where the East had potentially the three best teams in the NBA. 
Well, like I said, I don't think that the East has the three best teams in the NBA. I think they have the three best teams in the NBA right in this second. All right, cool. Three of the four best teams in the NBA. Hasn't happened. All right. Yeah, I think I agree with you. They... And, like, <laughs> to just be really clear, you're right, Jerry. The Lakers, healthy, are still in there. But that's because LeBron's a thing. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, yeah. So if LeBron didn't exist, the East would have had nothing for a decade and a half. Yeah. And if LeBron didn't exist right now, the East would have the three favorite teams in the NBA. Well, and then the bottom of those each of those conferences is still really skewed because you've got more sub-500 teams in the play-in, I think, in the East than you do in the West. Just there the were two in the... the oh, yeah. I guess there would only have been the Spurs, right? They were the only one yeah. in the West, and right. the East had Wizards, Pacers, and Hornets with losing records. Yeah, and that, yeah. And it's, that's been a theme for years. The West yeah. is yeah. the West is definitely deeper than the East. Yeah, there's more parity there. But like, are you really going to take the top six teams in the West over the top six teams in the East? Sixers, Nets, Bucks, Knicks, Hawks, Heat. Jazz, Suns, Nuggets, Clippers, Mavericks, Blazers, Lakers, Warriors. It's a weird moment. The Warriors could easily come back. The Warriors didn't even make the playoffs. The Warriors were missing Clay Thompson. Right, but I'm I'm not talking... In the perfect scenario, when there are no injuries, which oh, conference you're is talking better? About right I'm saying this, this season, instance? this season, is sure. the Eastern yeah, Conference the stronger Easter, than the, the West? The Eastern stronger, at least in the like the top six. Sure. Well, but there's also this is probably the worst year to ask this question, given that it was like only but, 72 games condensed, no fans. Like, there's probably going to be more east. anomalous stuff happening this year than others. Harden moving yeah. to the east doesn't make this question a bad question to ask. Harden no, 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 no. I didn't, the... dude. I didn't say okay. that. It, I, I said that, like, it, it, like, threw the west off. It threw a, a pretty huge weight towards the east, exactly. away from the west. Yep, exactly right. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking, who are the like top five players in the NBA right now? LeBron's in there. Probably, a healthy LeBron is in there. A healthy AD's probably in there. You know what's interesting is how would this would how what would this question feel like if Harden had been traded to like a a team like the Pacers or something like that? A team on the <laughs> that is. What would this call change the like the feel of it even more? Because that means like one more team that's like I don't know. The Nets were my pick to win the finals before Harden. Yeah, went yeah. There. Well, I mean, they were still they still had Kyrie Irving and and Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant's and like really good depth. Yep. So I 
maybe the more useful question is like of the top 10 players in the NBA, however you want to rank them, how many are in the East? And I think you've got a pretty good argument that the numbers in the seven to eight vicinity. East to West. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. LeBron, AD, Jokic, Kawhi. Towns. I wish. So there was a let's time. Just put, let's just was, put Towns on ice for now. Oh, there yeah, was a time when he was. Put, would you put Curry in there? Yeah, Curry's got Curry. an argument. Dame. No way. Come on. I I love Dame, but it's just no way. I don't know about top ten. Lillard is really good. I love him. Yeah, not top ten. Maybe uh, that kid in New Orleans. Can't remember his name. <laughs> Zion. That's the one. God, I don't think Zion's a top ten player in the NBA just yet. No, not yet. Maybe someday. And then over here, you got what Embiid, Giannis, Durant, Durant Harden, Harden, Giannis, Kyrie, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Maybe Jason Tatum. Maybe Jay Sean Tatum. Yep. Uh, I, I still think I would lean to the West, to be honest. Wow. Well, what about Luke? Luca. What about Chris Stapps? Mm-hmm. Next Kareem. I mean, for me, Embiid. Giannis, Durant, Harden, Irving, Butler are locks. See, I don't think Irving is a lock, and I'll give it to Jimmy. If guess, Irving's but... if Irving's not a lock, Curry's not in the conversation. Really? Oh, wow, that's a okay. See, that's shots extremely fired. bold to me. <laughs> I would take Curry over Irving every single time. Nope. And I wouldn't feel bad about it at all. I, I don't agree with you. Okay. But I know everyone hates Kyrie Irving. He does think the earth is flat. He's just, he's an artist. He is an artist. Look, man, I know that Steph Curry had to, like, drag a, you know, broken corpse of bad players to the play-in tournament but like Kyrie Irving just put up an unbelievably efficient offensive season and that so was he shot playing a 50 posi- 40 90 he did shoot 50 cool. 40 90 yep uh yeah Curry with the near miss on the 50-40-90 shooting put up 32 points a game yeah I don't know man I it's uh I that's maybe closer than I thought it was but I think I'd still lean Curry I'd, I'd still definitely go with Curry all I'll say is Kevin Durant made a choice yeah but that's like a whole nother thing dude sure yeah, I, I don't disagree. 
that there was more at play there. I just think that... Uh... Okay, actually, maybe this is an interesting question. In the playoffs... Oh, who won? Uh, the Hawks won. Yeah, makes sense. In the playoffs, if you could have one of those guys for a playoff run, which one do you take? Curry. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think you should think harder about this question than you have. Okay. I I mean, I understand what you're saying. Uh, Irving Curry has like come up cold in the play, or has like the perception of coming up cold in the playoffs a lot, and Irving has the opposite. But I would still take Curry. I just think he's like more integral to a an offensive system than Irving is. Irving is more of like a, a breaking case of emergency guy. I read Curry LeBron to that, <laughs> that Cleveland title, guys. I know, I know people that ironically say that. And I, oh my God, what? Yeah. yeah. You know people who say that? No, I've, I, I've seen yeah. that. I've opinion. seen that take a lot. That's insane. And Which I responded by saying, well, yeah. dude, LeBron James led that series in points rebounds assists, steals, and, blocks. <laughs> and blocks yeah what the fuck are you talking about and then they say yeah but Kurt, Kyrie Irving made that shot and I am befuddled uh, he did make that shot invented his legacy yeah I mean here are Kyrie Irving's numbers in a conference finals throughout his career he shoots 53% from the field from three, 87% from the free throw line, 23 points, three rebounds, five assists. Curry's numbers in those series, 48, 43, 88 for 29, 6, and 6. So probably edge Curry. Irving's more efficient, but Curry's more productive. In final series... Steve Curry, uh, 42% from the field, 39% from three, 93% from free throw, 26 points, five and a half rebounds, six assists. Irving in finals, 47, 40, 93, 28, four and four. See, I mean, they're like... Right neck and neck. In each of those ways. Irving is four years younger than Steph Curry. And has been more efficient than Curry for the last at least two seasons. Potentially the last three seasons. And efficiency is kind of Steph Curry's entire thing. Yeah, like Curry for sure is going to wind up having the better career. So, Irving has been a better, more, I guess he's he's not a more efficient three-point shooter. And doesn't have nearly the same volume. I, 
I don't know. I I don't think it's yeah whatever. I I I, still, I would definitely take Curry over Irving. I think he's a better player. Yeah, I I don't think that that's an obvious choice at all. Well, I, maybe it's not an obvious choice, but that you think if Irving isn't in it, then Curry definitely isn't is also a little bit wild to me. Um, which is the yeah, statement I, that sparked this whole conversation. I don't know, man. Um, Irving without Kevin Durant had the Nets in like top three ish range in the East for a lot of this season. Steph Curry without Clay Thompson has had the Warriors down at like. 9-10 a lot of the season. Yeah, I think that's a sign of the strength of the conferences. That is effectively a tautology, The East is top-heavy. Top it's a lot easier to win those uh, games when you're playing the Detroit Pistons and stuff. Yeah, not like the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Houston Rockets, those huge win-now teams. You understand my point. I disagree with your point. I'm trying to use a counterexample for why I don't think it's a great point. Yeah, okay. Uh, so my 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 reaction was I, I sort of misunderstood what uh, you were saying. So my reaction was too strong. Kyrie Irving being in it does not, or not making it, does not inherently disqualify Steph. I think I, th I think that's what you're taking issue with, right? Is that that was my like specific reaction that there was yes. like a disqualification? Yeah, I I should not have framed it that way. That is incorrect. I do think though that, like. If I had an NBA Finals on the line, I'd rather have Kyrie Irving. I mean, history would support you. But I guess my counterpoint there would be that Kyrie's always been the second banana, whereas Curry's the main focus of the, the defense. Curry's never been the main focus of a title team in the finals never 2015 i guess is strange curry wasn't like getting double teamed that series though i guess he had an ankle injury and he played fine okay but i'm i <laughs> i don't know i like i i <laughs> Do you, do you think that if Irving had been... Okay, so, like, here's the here's the reason this is a weird conversation to talk about. Like, if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love hadn't had their bodies shattered in 2015, would the Warriors have won the title? I think the answer is, like, almost certainly no. Uh, hold on. What did you say? If Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love had not been completely broken apart in 2015... 
do the Warriors even win the title? I don't know. Maybe. I, I think the answer is like very likely no, given that the Warriors improved the following season and the Cavs still beat them. Yeah. I I still don't think I would say definitely no. Uh, it's it you're I'm not trying to get you to say definitely. I'm saying like oh, I, I think which I would way would you lean? Which way would I lean? Cavs or Warriors in 2015 if the Cavs are healthy. I would have leaned Warriors. Wow. But the Cavs beat them. They beat them the fall I'm yeah, they beat them the following year when I they won 73 would... games. I think but they that were that's... worn out from. <laughs> well, I I do like Curry was injured that year. Curry was injured in 2015. All right, then you're probably right. I just mean to say, like the the funny part of this conversation is like the fact that Kyrie Irving had his kneecap shattered. <laughs> it makes it really hard to argue for Kyrie Irving over Steph. <laughs> Which uh, feels unfair. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I'm just gonna I'm gonna concede this one to you. I, I don't really want to be- belabor the point anymore. So you're probably right. The the Cavs probably would have won. Seeing what happened the next year. Is Bradley Beal in this conversation? Top ten players? I don't think he can be, personally. But if like this is. Like, if Steph is, how is Beal not? Yep, you're, that's probably a good point, too. You're, you're probably right. The, the East is definitely stronger than they have been in previous years. Beal's not a top 10 player, though, right? There's no way. No, I don't think so. Yeah. All right. I'd rather have Lillard. Than Beal? Yeah, yeah, I'm 100% on board with that. Yes. Would you rather have Lillard than Irving? Yes. Really? I think I would rather have Lillard than Irving. Damn, dude. Yeah. More, more, so fun, to, kind of more the, fun to root for. This is kind of the reason why I was like so befuddled by it. Like, I, I think that it's a lot closer with Lillard and Kyrie. But, like, Lillard is sort of the... You know, the, the trailblazers always get the the poor man's version of the the revolutionary player of whatever era they're in, right? Like they had Clyde Drexler and then for Michael Jordan and now they have Lillard for Steph. For Steph Curry. So Lillard's like the poor man's version of Steph Curry in a lot of ways. I would still rather have Lillard than Kyrie Irving. Not necessarily. It's wrong and, to say that though. That he's a poor man's anything. He's so fucking I, good. I, he's I really good. Mean. I know what you mean. Uh, but I'd, I'd rather have Kyrie. Or I'd, I'd rather have uh, Lillard than over Kyrie for you know reasons that go beyond just their production on the basketball court. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what one of the things and I've been if trying we're talking, to if we're talking per, per, directly only specifically production, then yeah, it's maybe it goes to Kyrie, but I. I don't. I think it's like pick him at that point. But you don't feel that way about Kyrie and Steph. No, I mean Steph is. Uh, he's one of the three, or he's like one of the five best players in the NBA. I think. Wow. Okay. 
he didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. He had Andrew Wiggins on his team, man. <laughs> Oy vey. Uh, he did. I mean, Andrew Wiggins was on his team. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. He's like... He's the only all-star. The West is still good. Um... You know, Draymond Green is uh, getting old. He lost uh, Durant, which was bearing a ton of the offensive load. It turns out Durant um, is important to a team's success. Who could have ever yeah. guessed that? So is like shout out to Draymond for just jamming his fingers. <laughs> he tried on. his best, and <laughs> yeah. you know, one, one of one of Curry's biggest like assets as an offensive player is that he opens it up for he everyone opens the opens the floor up for everyone he yeah. creates more gravity than like almost any two players in the in the rest of the league and if you have it's like the carl anthony towns it's a similar problem that carl anthony towns has like he could against the jazz last year he could totally compromise their defense but the rest of the wolves offense is just so punchless so that it doesn't yeah. matter this year we beat the Jazz every game because we have some offensive weapons now. This is why I think it's really hard to evaluate Steph Curry's value because Steph is almost like an anti-superstar in a way. Like, when Steph is on your team, if he's your best player, things can get a little weird with your team sometimes. Like, we've seen, obviously we saw the, you know, 16, the 15 through 17 Warriors uh, do, or, 15 through 16, I guess, Warriors do really great things with Steph Curry as their best player. But, like, come playoff time, they did not look invincible at all. Um, I, I'd i probably put the odds of a Cavs victory in 15 closer to, like, 80% than, wow. than you know, 50. That's uh, really high. LeBron is so much better than any other player of this generation. I, I guess the other thing that I, that could be going on is... Because Durant joined that Warriors team, it's like kind of hard to understand exactly how mu- how good anyone on that team was, like exactly how effective. Just because nobody was going to beat them, like they just had, like when you have that many players that are that good and that yeah. like that much shooting, it just doesn't really matter. Like, and, I... and so it's like. It's like the, it's it's so it becomes hard to assess anybody that was on that team like on an individual level like how good of a coach is Steve Kerr really like it's impossible for me to say he's probably okay pretty good yeah like, it is how, hard how, to judge. how good how good is he I have no idea because he had a team that had like five all stars that was starting five all stars at one point that's like and and so by that same logic like how good is Curry it's hard for me to really say because how much of that production was on Curry, how much of it was Durant, you know, it's, and so this season, like seeing what the Warriors could do, you know, almost make the playoffs, losing the play and Curry put up 32 points a game on good efficiency. And he's 33 is getting older too. So, yeah, but like, 
He's the greater of the two players, certainly. Kyrie, or, or pardon me, Steph Curry is the third best player of this generation. And I don't, like, I think it's LeBron, Durant, Curry, and then I don't think it's close after that. Like, the, it's, and maybe Kawhi. Maybe Kawhi. It's really hard to say with Kawhi. He's had such a weird career. Maybe Harden. Like, if Harden winds up winning a couple titles with the Nets, I don't know. Maybe it's Harden. But, like... Hey, but the Nets are going to have that same problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's... Juvent... Yeah, so here's where I'm kind of coming at trying to evaluate Steph Curry in a like, objective way. I think it's really hard because Steph Curry is a very different sort of superstar. Like, if you give LeBron James... J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson, he'll take you to the NBA Finals. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's that's not how Steph Curry is. But, like, if you put, like, a shooting guard who can shoot <laughs> and a power forward who can defend next to Steph Curry, he'll win you 73 games. <laughs> and that's that's a different thing than what LeBron does or other superstars. Like that's, you know, James Harden is sort of that LeBron thing. Like give him a can of hairspray and some silly string and he'll get you into those. He'll get you the four seed. And that's just Kevin Durant, you know, though we've never seen Kevin Durant carry a bad team. We have seen Kevin Durant carry teams where his teammates are hurt. And it turns out Kevin Durant is just a dominant force. And Steph Curry dominates in like a different way. He's maybe the best enabler we've ever seen. Like he's the best he's the best first option for everyone else on the team, <laughs> which is a weird thing to think about. And so it's plausible that I'm biasing that against him because Kyrie is He's that more traditional sort of superstar where, like, he'll single-handedly grind you out some stuff if he's your best player, and that's cool, and that's okay. Sure. I mean, I definitely agree with what you're saying. I just would also like to point out that even though they haven't won as many games this year as, like, previous years, like, Steph Curry has still put up 33 points a game while not having anybody else with him. It's not like he can't do anything. I'm not suggesting that he can't. <clears throat> sure. My my point is just that, like, at this upper echelon, you have to make distinctions. And one of the things that I'm valuing is that ability to, like, lead a team to wins, regardless of the personnel around you. And I think the fact that that is not Steph Curry's most impressive skill set is a thing that I'm, like, biased against. Does that make sense? And I I probably am underrating what Steph Curry does really well. Like, if you were going to start a team and you could only play for one season, I think you'd want Steph Curry on your team more than you'd want Kyrie Irving, probably. Sure. I guess that it kind of goes back to the exact point I was making, right? Like, Curry was the most important piece on his team for his title runs. Probably. Yeah. Whereas Kyrie Irving was a overqualified second banana. Well, Ir like Dur Curry was certainly was not the most important piece on his second and third title run. Sure. It, sure. Not like Durant. Maybe know. not even second most important in those years. Like Curry had some weird post seasons with Kevin Durant there. Uh. But it was Kevin Durant's team. 
And it, he also happened to have the third best player of his generation on his team. Because, you know, let's let's be really unfair about this. You are going bald. I know. Sorry, I just, I just realized it no, that's now. That's cool. Uh... Yeah, no, that's that's fine. You're not, you're not supposed to say that. I, I do want to point out, though, that when I'm winning an argument, your comeback is, you are going... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, so I I think my I've laid my cards on the table pretty heavily. I think the Eastern Conference is better than the Western Conference this season. That's my position. I would okay. I would be less stoked to play through the Western Conference if I was trying to make the NBA Finals than I would going through the Eastern Conference. All right, I'm going to pose you a question. Sure. If the Jazz destroy all comers and win the NBA Finals, are you going to change? Oh your yeah, about for this? sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, of course. I think we all know I criminally underrate the Utah Jazz. I'm I've 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 gone so far as to admit that I'm purely irrational about the jazz. I can't think about them rationally. It's well documented at this point. We have exhibits A through Yeah. <laughs> uh for sure. I'm Jared, when when do I ever like hold to an opinion when I'm presented with contrary evidence? I think I'm pretty good about this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really keep track of it. Uh, well, but you do, though. You keep track of the first thing that I say, and then you bring it up all the time. <laughs> yeah, but that's just like, I, I don't really keep track of it. But it's yeah. just like some, sometimes things stick in my brain, and I'm like, no, nah, that's not what you said. <laughs> One time you said maybe James Harden is overrated. Now you hate him. That's 10 years exactly. later. Yeah, you, you got me. Yeah, You understand me. All right, fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, if the Jazz win the title, then... I, it turns out I don't know anything about basketball. But Jerry, so as long as Jerry, hey, you said it, man. Here's 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 my question for you: Which conference would you rather be the eight seed in? Um, I would rather be the eight seed. In, I mean, I guess it depends on who or what my team does, probably. But I'd probably rather be the eight seed in the West right now. How about the seventh seed? I would definitely rather be the seventh seed in the West right now. How about the sixth seed? Um. Uh. Yeah. All right. Well, fine. to be fair, though, if I'm the third seed in the East, I don't want to be the third seed either because I don't want to play Miami. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the point I'm trying to make, though. Like, it's easier yeah. to win the West if you're a seven seed than it is to win the East. Yeah, I think they they have they have more depth this year than they have in the past, and they're definitely their top is better this year than the the West is outright, which is has not happened as you pointed out in a very long time. I can't think of I can't think of it either, honestly. Like going back to the nineties, I can't think of a time. <laughs> Maybe like Knicks Bulls. 
and a Phil, mystery I, I hate to break it to you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I have to put that on. <laughs> the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Or like Heat, Heat Celtics. Yeah. Year. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. 2011 Celtics, though? Ugh. Yeah. Wow, that's a long time ago. Isn't that wild to think about? The Boston Three Party? How did that nickname never catch on? I've heard that. I just don't know how it didn't become, like, a big thing. Oh, Big Three... You know, it's <laughs> yeah, but there've been so many big threes. Weren't yeah, but they, they, the they were the original label? big three. Yeah. They were the first one, not the best one. Who is the greatest big three of all time? The Warriors didn't have a big three; they had a big five. Yeah, they did. It's probably the Nets. Oh my God! It is the Nets. Okay, yeah, if I the think, Nets don't win the true. NBA Finals, does everyone at that company get fired? No. No, they, I mean, No. I just mean, like, what level of failure do we consider it if the Nets don't win the NBA Finals? They burn out in the first round. Oh, my God. You're predicting a Nets burnout in the first round? No, I said what, what, next... if they do that, then oh. maybe there's, like, maybe heads start to roll. Oh, sure, sure. Well, I would say, though, if they lose, even if they lose in the finals, the only person who's really going to suffer is Harden because he still has, he's the only one without a ring, and he'll get labeled with the, uh, he can't show up in the playoffs. You don't think Kevin Durant gets, like, the most shit if they lose? Kevin Durant can't win a finals with James Harden and Kyrie Irving? He needed Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Andre Iguodala to carry his sorry ass to a title. You could say the same thing about Harden, though. Harden can't win one with Kyrie and Durant. Harden doesn't have as far to fall. Like, they wind up in the same place, but Kevin Durant's way higher at the start. But KD also has the rings. Yeah, but who gives a shit? Those are Steph Curry's rings. He couldn't win with Harden and Irving. What could he possibly have contributed to the Warriors? But he doesn't... Durant doesn't have that playoff stink that Harden has. That's that's the argument I'm making. Like, Durant and Harden will have the same playoff stink after this if they manage to lose. Well, but that's only because Harden's stink will rub off. Oh, okay. It's Harden's fault, Durant. (laughs) Well, see, this is Duke. Harden's so bad that not even Kevin Durant. Oh, man. KD would for sure make some burner accounts and push that narrative. Hundred percent. I'm I'm one of them. I, I honestly, I don't think right it, I don't think this matters. I think I think that yeah. the Nets are going to destroy everyone. I if so for those of you listening at home, I picked the Bucks to win, and then like less than an hour later, I I woke Masha up and I was like, I picked the Bucks to win the East. What am I fucking doing? I even said on the podcast, I know I'm wrong, but like. My God, it's the Nets. I picked the Nets before the season, before they had Harden. She was like, it's five in the morning. (laughs) Who are you, Dave? It's it's 3 a.m. I don't need to hear about the Roman Catholic Church. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.
I really want to, so, so Phil, I don't know if you know this, but Jerry's uh, dad recently has been playing a ton of music really late at night and it's been keeping Jerry up and it's been a big problem. So rather than like, I know that like confronting him is out of the question because you know, yeah, that's just, if he's in a state, he'll just tickle you to death and there's nothing you can do. Um, So what my solution to this problem is, is my proposal is that Jerry goes to the fuse box and he figures out which fuse powers Dave's stereo. And he just flicks that off when Dave's listening to music really loud. And just starts doing that every time Dave listens to music late at night. David's squirrely, though. He could he'd probably figure out what's going on eventually. I don't know, man. He would also just get really angry. And he would probably come downstairs and be like, Screaming at Jerry, the fuse box. It, it, well, no, he'd, he'd be like, Jerry, it's not working. Come, why isn't it working? Come figure it out. And you'd be like, Dad, let's do it tomorrow, huh? Yeah, okay. But. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, and it's that, not a bad idea. I, I, I do, I just, I'm just not sure if it's feasible. It's feasible! Because like, I just don't like. Yeah, okay, it's probably feasible. Like how, long could you, how long could you keep that going? I mean, it's it gets you at least a couple nights of sleep, which is better than the zero you're getting. Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about my sleep so much as my mom's. Okay, do it for your mom. There you go. Is he doing the Grateful Dead stuff, or is he just the is it the Simon and Garfunkel in Central Park on loop? The last uh, lately lately it's been um, Bob Dylan, yeah, and Fish. 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 You know, Trey Anastasio, man, he really could have he could have hanged with with Jerry and the guys if they had just if he had been old enough. He really could you know, when they did the Dead concert a couple years back, man, he really he, he held his own, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what he says about Dave Matthews these days. Wait, Dave Matthews or John Mayer? I'm sorry. John okay, Mayer. yeah, that's less controversial. Yeah. Who's Dave Matthews? Uh, of the Dave Matthews band. Okay. And if all the little ants are marching, red and black into new weaving. I guess in my brain those were the same people. <laughs> Should I grow a mustache? You kind of have one already. Well, yeah, but I got a beard too. Should I just get rid of the beard and no go with a mustache? No, it's it's, it's risky. a bad look. It's risky. Who am I trying to impress? That's Us? true. I'm not trying to impress you. I I li- I literally could not care less about <laughs> impressing you, Jerry. I you could have fooled me with that tank top you're wearing. Flash forward to like three AM. Matt's waking up. Should I? Should I? Should I grow a mustache? <laughs> Jerry. Jerry said no. Fuck. What am I? What am I gonna do? It's, it's a bad look. It's like I have work in three hours, Matt. Please. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a narrative I can get behind. Honestly, the idea that I'm just like always up trying to ask Masha the answer to life's persistent questions i mean you think it's pretty clear at this point that that's what you're doing right yeah yeah it seems that way uh all right guys do we have anything else we want to cover this week 
Um, that seems like a no. I mean, we we didn't talk about the uh, Philadelphia Washington game, which was way closer than I would have guessed it would be. I didn't watch that one. Oh, fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, who won? Who won? Philly. Philly won. Yeah, I mean, it, it it was a little bit like the Nets game where, like, it was really close, it was really close, and then all of a sudden Philly was like, all right, little brother. Yeah, wrap this up. Yep. Yeah, I but think Washington's been impressive in the play-in games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they've looked really good. Uh, my gosh. do you? I don't know if you guys remember. This is, this is one of my uh, – of course you don't remember this, but I, I do. This is the Skip Bayless coming out in me. So you're going to have to forgive that impulse, but I, I'm really proud of it. Do you remember how I, I called out uh, that Daniel Gafford trade as like a really nice move by the Wizards because I thought Gafford was going to be like a, a nice – young big man he went yeah uh, I, de- I definitely remember that he went six to six uh in the game today and i was just like it, it took so much self-control not to text phil and be like daniel gafford is my personal lord and savior specifically <laughs> well, I, it wasn't that you liked gafford is that you were slandering luke Cornett. yeah yeah <laughs> is, is, a, is a good man What's a nick always a nick yeah he's uh <laughs> You know he, he's gonna he's gonna age like fine wine. He's gonna, he's gonna be the stretch forward. Of the future I'm really glad you remember this conversation. Uh, oh yeah, because this is this was uh, I was I was getting so hyped up because Gafford was playing so well. Uh, he was. Well, it like, made no sense for the bull. I mean, I guess Bulls got Tice, right? We don't we don't need to rehash this yeah. whole stupid thing. Uh, but no, Gafford was unironically their best player. It was insane. He was playing out of his mind. Uh, when they took when he he got God Scott Brooks is actually useless. It's sort of insane. He uh, he just refused to play a big. He like really didn't want a big man out there. He was like you know Bertans can handle Embiid. This will be fine. Robin Lopez, yeah, he's he's got it. Doesn't matter that Gafford's been literally unstoppable this whole time, and Robin Lopez cannot rebound against Joel Embiid to save his goddamned life. Let's let's toss him out there. This is a good idea. How does Scott Brooks still have a job? Okay, we don't need to go down this whole thing. Anyway, anyway it was a fun game until it wasn't, and then it was no longer fun. Um, you would have loved it though, Jerry. It was like a quintessential Ben Simmons game. Oh, I love those. All of the things that you find so enamoring about Ben Simmons happened in this game. So you're saying he missed all of this. He didn't take any threes at all. He missed one three. Yep. Missed one three. Perfect. I think so. Let me double check. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He missed one three. Oh my God. It was an even more quintessential game than I was going to sell it. All right. Are you ready to hear his stat line, Jerry? emotionally are you prepared i'm prepared zero of six from the free throw line zero of zero of one get no just get hyped are you hyped yeah get hyped zero of one from three three of nine from the field so three of eight from two he played 38 minutes he had 18 points or Jesus, my my brain. He had six points. He had fifteen rebounds, fifteen oh. assists, <laughs> a steal, a block, and two turnovers. 
just the mm, the quintessential Ben Simmons game. That is pretty good. That yeah, is pretty good. Tobias Harris in the first half looked like the best player in the world. What a season for him. Yeah, Tobias has been great, dude. Yeah. He he is uh he has not gotten talked about at all, but he's yeah, he's been unbelievably efficient and very productive this year for the Sixers. So, oh my god, here's and he here's score 20 points a game. What's what's that really worth anyway? Are you serious right now, Jerry? No. Okay, good. Uh wow, he almost shot 50 40 90. 51 39 89. Oh. Yeah, dude, he had a really nice season. So uh I'm going to have to take some um some lumps here. Is Doc Rivers good at head coaching? No. Okay. Thank God. Let's let's wait. Let's wait till maybe the Eastern Conference Finals and talk about it then. <laughs> He's played one game in the playoffs so yeah. far. Did they really Come just? On. Did they really just call Jaron Jackson for that foul? Oh my God, they did. Rudy Gobert literally had Jaron Jackson's jersey by the neck and was like yanking him down to go for the rebound, and they called the the foul on Jaron Jackson. That's well, uh that's a joke. That's a really bad call on Rudy Gobert's part because he wouldn't even need to fight that hard to get the rebound from Jaron Jackson. You're just a anymore. hater. You're just a hater. <laughs> he doesn't box anyone out. <laughs> Not like rebounding phenom Robert Covington. Oh, God. I had almost dodged this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why did I have to bring it up? Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't help I myself. I baited you in, Jerry. We we don't actually have to have the conversation. I just like someday we will because it made no sense at all. You make no sense at all. Covington can, plays has played yeah. the four one season in his career. One season. Yep. One this, season. This season. This, this is season the only season he's ever played the four. Where he has been primarily at the four. Yeah. Oh, Jerry. Did we set aside an hour for Robert Covington? I feel like we need to at this point. I mean, it's just... No. It's not... I don't uh, want to right. why he's like the centerpiece. He's like a supporting cast member of this show. Him and Miles Turner and... John Collins. Josh Richard Or John... Jesus, John Richardson. John Richardson and... <laughs> Jonathan Richardson. Seth Curry and... <clears throat> With also Danny Ainge. Yeah, we need. We'll have to create an all three out of five team at some point. The players we hate or love, at like the it, ones that are like mentioned the most. Yeah. So, so our like, our center's Miles Turner. Yep, our power forward is John Collins. John Collins. This is just the all Matt team. What are we doing? <laughs> Seth Curry's got to be on there. Yep. <laughs> this is sounding like yep. a good team. Holy Curry's shit. Curry's in there. Jimmy Butler, maybe? Yep. Jimmy Butler, Butler probably at is the, the three. At the three. And LeBron's legacy. Yeah, I was going to say, where does LeBron's legacy fit in? Um, Danny Ainge is our executive. Kyrie Irving's probably Oh, our... we got a Drummond's got to be on there, too. Drummond's, Drummond's, Drummond's on the bench. Off the bench. Yeah. Comes off the bench. He's the first man off the bench. Yep, yep, yep. 
and then maybe what uh Irving Lillard Ir- I mean the Nets and the Hawks and the Grizzlies I guess I've I've tried really hard not to talk too much about uh the you barely talk about the the Grizzlies and the Jaron Jaron Jackson probably the does Towns come off the bench. Towns yeah Towns is in there I don't know uh, I don't I don't think Towns <laughs> makes the team though because like he's We've yeah, spent we've so many Towns. hours talking about Carl Towns. That's because I'm a Timberwolves fan, and like I begrudgingly drag all of you into it. <laughs> I do like that. That's that's how you describe my Timberwolves fandom is being begrudgingly dragged into it by you. I mean, you're the one that dragged me into it. That's what I'm. That's the out, joke I'm I... making right now. <laughs> You tried to get out. I'm like, no. I know. It's you, true. You brought me in here. Two yeah. seasons ago, Phil, I was like, Jerry, I'm I'm done watching the Wolves. I'm just watching the NBA. It's way more fun. I've been really loving the Hawks and the Grizzlies. They're great teams. And Jerry was like, this is unacceptable. Yeah. He can't just be happy for me. He's like, if I'm going to suffer, you have to suffer too. Well, I was part of it anyway. It's like when a group of guy friends are married and one of them decides one of them's getting divorced and the others that are still married are like, fuck you, you can't you can't get divorced. We yeah. all have to be under the same rules. You yeah. can't you can't leave me here. Oh, it was also like a moment where I felt insecure about our friendship and all of a sudden you said you didn't want to talk about the wolves anymore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like shit, what the fuck? <laughs> Fair I do? Yeah. <laughs> Might have to talk to him about things that aren't the wolves. <laughs> can't we can't have that? He'll tell me about how much he hates museums. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I I uh, I think it's good. I think how long have I been a wolves fan? What twenty five years now? So yeah, almost three decades of absolute pain and suffering will be worth it when we like have a second round exit and carl towns walks it'll be great no man towns said he wants to stay here he did that's uh... That's news that we were not allowed to talk about this podcast but towns did say he wants to stay long term so now if if adam silver just tosses us that tasty number one pick so we can draft Cade cunningham please that 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 being dropped after the a-rod purchase and after our conspiracy theory talk last week it just lines up so perfect yep like a rod went to him and like look we're gonna keep the pick just letting you know yep we're gonna need that first pick we uh we're gonna make the wolves winners you're gonna finally not have this sorry ass stink of a franchise anymore be to be honest if somebody if like if there were backroom conversations with like adam silver uh, about like now, hold on, Jerry. Look, oh, hold on, no, hold on. Let me let me finish. The tampering is just like a way of life now, right? That's just like a thing that everybody does. Yep. Who is the only team that's ever been punished really, really hard for tampering? Yeah, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. What did we lose? Three first round picks eventually. What would be, what would be nice to get back? Cade Cunningham. Yeah. See, I thought you were going to... Maybe Anthony Edwards, too, right? I thought you were going to insinuate for a moment that Alex Rodriguez would be comfortable cheating in a sport. And I am not going to tolerate that kind of talk. No, I'm just saying that if there there was, like, in pressure, like, Silver, if you're really going to, like, 
look the other way for tampering, you need to give us back something because that's bullshit. Yeah, and also like, you've helped the Cavs twice. Yeah, and and New Orleans twice. Like, do do do. Well, he's helped us twice too. But he well, also but... hurt us more than those guys, and he also helped the Cavs three times. Yeah. So I, I, I think the A Rod deal means you're you're keeping the pick. I would be shocked, honestly, if you don't keep it this year, dude. If we get Cade Cunningham, Jerry's like needle threading that he was talking about a few months ago will have actually happened, which incredible. And then David could be right. You could you could blossom into like a powerhouse, man. Win the West at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, so then that's like that's like step A. Step B is like step one, step two. Let's no, no, just A with, and B. Just, just run with it. I'm fine. Yep. It's fine. That's totally a thing. It's that good. Use. Step A. Uh, step B is the the league expands and sends the wolves east with the uh the grizzlies. No, I think you only get to move. Yeah, the Grizz- the Grizzlies are the highest priority move. Then Milwaukee, then us. Well, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's in the East. Oh, oh my God, uh, Dallas. Pardon me. See, I don't think that that's true. I think that we're actually a higher priority than either than Dallas, and probably higher than Memphis too. Well, Just... Wouldn't New Wouldn't New Orleans be? Oh, you're right. I'd forgotten Dallas? about New Orleans. Milwaukee, uh, geez. But just because, like, Memphis is obviously further east than Minneapolis is, but if you look at, like, where Minneapolis is in comparison to all of our, the people that we play against in the Western Conference, like, the travel time is way different than when you compare Memphis to... Yeah, you should be playing Detroit, Milwaukee, Chicago. But we're actually playing Portland. Utah and, and, yeah. Uh... Whereas Memphis plays New Orleans, Dallas, San Antonio. So it's not nearly as bad as what we had to go through. Yeah, it's a... Oh my god. The door to my office is so squeaky. Uh, Yeah, no, it's a a good point, Jerry. I do think that, um, that in terms of travel time for playoff series, though, the Wolves are like way better than Memphis. I think Memphis, like, they're like 50% more than the next worst team in terms of playoff travel time. Sure, but playoffs are... They might be more important than the regular season, but they're a lot less than the regular season, you know? Yeah, I think we can all agree that they might be more important than the regular season, yeah. Sure. Man, Minnesota in the East. God, then we'd only be the twelfth worst team. I know, right? Well, we, <laughs> are, we are on. the twelfth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't believe we gave up that fifteen seed. We're so dumb; it's insane. I think it was fine. Because because of a Rod. No, it's because like we only actually lost like a ten percent chance at a pick. You know, no, it's, it's worse not, than that, isn't it? No, we I, had a. I thought we 40%, had. We had a forty-one percent chance of keeping the pick. Now we have like a 
29 percent chance. I thought it was 45. So, yeah, no, 41. Really? Pretty sure. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I, it's just uh, I'm. This is a spoiler for our prospect episode coming up, but I'm sort of of the opinion that uh, there's only one real franchise-changing talent in this draft class. I guess the point that I would make is that, like, while I I hope you're right, Phil, and that we do they do give us a pick, I'm pretty I'm pretty like sure that that was what we got last year. Um. Yeah, you could be right. And now Golden State needs the pick to get back on their feet. So Golden State got the pick last year too, though. Yeah. Um plus they're getting but, Clay Thompson to get back on their feet. Yeah, I also think that Silver would be more likely to help a team in a small mar- a smaller market like Minnesota than he would the Wolves who will be okay even without the Warriors because you're they're going to get your pick next year anyway. I think he's Yeah, but they need the valuable to... asset now cuz they need like I I agree with you to a point. I I do think that he cares more about parity than than most, but like the Warriors need like to go from where they were to where they are. I think is pretty bad for like the finances of the league. I, I, and I think we already, like I said, we already got our bone. We got Edwards. Yeah, but that was draft. that was before the team got bought. Like he had to include something with the sale, right? There's no way a Rod was like, you know what franchise I really want to be a part of? Just yeah. a storied history. The Minnesota Timberwolves. I just really need to get in there. I, I've got some failure on my career, and I really need to borrow some of that clout that the Minnesota Timberwolves have accumulated in the past 29 years or whatever. Um, to conclude my point, with that in mind, I would much rather give up. Uh, I don't mind winning. I actually kind of like it because, first of all, I think it sets a better tone yeah. for next year. Um, it's good to see, you know, the team playing pretty well like especially you know edwards and stuff uh and also it means that the pick we cough up instead of being number four is going to be like number eight which is something at least aren't we the aren't we most likely to get the fifth pick no no i think we're we're at like the eight or nine range now are you that wow how many games did we win? Twenty-three. Uh, we are sixth. Okay. I so hope this is. I I so hope I'm right, not, and not because I I want you guys to be happy and get your pick this year, but also I just want to be right because I I. I kind of secretly love this fantasy that the the NBA is completely rigged and everything is it's just all Truman showed for us. It's, oh, it's all, just the WWE. Three, three, yeah, I yeah. love it. Adam Silver Slam is ball. Vince McMahon. 
I hope it happens because I would like to have a good basketball team to watch for five years. Well, I think it would help you more than the 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 Warriors getting your pick would help them. Like it would make it would make certainly true. If if we get the first pick, I don't know. If we get like the third pick, I don't know. Is it, we're gonna take Suggs if that happens. And also, they just got Wiseman. It's not like they didn't just yeah have a, a high lottery pick last year too. So, but I don't know. This is all. Well, yeah. Well, well, the thing is, I'm not. I'm not saying that they're going to give, like, the technically the Warriors are now in the in the lottery, right? I'm not saying that they're going to win the lottery. I'm, I'm saying that like we are not. Like it, it's it's less of a yeah. There's no like less movement required there. Yeah, yeah. Less resistance. Well, who's he going to give it to then? Who's he want Cade Cunningham to re- to revitalize? He can't reward Oklahoma. Houston probably. He can't reward Houston. Fertitta is like the, the least liked human being in the world. But he's the kind of guy that I feel like would complain. Like he'd go full Dan Gilbert and write mm. like a red wine drunken letter to Adam Silver about how I paid two billion dollars for this team. I need, I need my top. I need my top three pick. Doc, darn it. And, <laughs> And Adam Silver would write back, you squandered James Harden and Russell yeah. Westbrook, asshole. James Harden and Chris Paul. Hey, weird, all the players you traded away are in the playoffs. Flourish. Yeah, flourish. Weird. And maybe the Pelicans again? I was going to say the Pelicans. Yep. That would be too much. They, they can't. That's oh, they too, for sure can. They, Come on. They can't do that, guys. They're trying so hard to make Zion a thing. It's true. They're succeeding, by the way. And it's not because of them. It's because Zion's amazing. Yep. I'm just... Well, I mean, they're all, they also gave the Pelicans a ton of national TV games this year yeah. compared to... I could also see them randomly giving it to the Bulls, too. Just as, oh, a, as a mulligan on that. Inject it in my veins. <laughs> I could see the Pistons. I don't know. Yeah, I think Detroit is going to get it. I love this reckless. Oh oh my god. Guys, we're missing the obvious one. It's going to be Charlotte. No, no, Charlotte. Michael Jordan Jordan just had the last dance last year. They got LaMelo. They're like, all right, this this worked out, but we we need to juice this thing. We need Michael back in the spotlight, I, Jerry. I, I, who sells more shoes than any NBA player? I'll, I'll bet. I'll bet you're right that Charlotte does get into like the top three. I bet, but like, I don't think they get number one because the Lamelo is a point point guard. guard redundancy. I'll bet they get. Mobley. I'm with you. I'll I'm with get, you. I'll bet they get it Mobley. Yeah. Okay. So we can all agree it's not going to either Sacramento or Orlando. Hundred percent. No. Yeah. Oh, Orlando though. Uh, I, I could see Orlando. I could for sure see Orlando. Orlando's done everything right. They've tried to compete despite their bad injury luck. They've tried to take like the reclamation projects. Like the, Orlando's, you know, they even stuck by Dwight Howard back in the the dark days of that saga. Like Orlando's done it all right, and finally they're near the bottom of the league. Silver's been waiting to give them a a first overall pick. 
Yeah, I, I just don't think it'll be this one. I think it'll be, like, the next one. Because there's no, like, super top-tier big man. Like, the Magic get the big men, right? Dwight Howard, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, I mean, funnily enough, the like the guy who everybody thought the Magic should have taken was Amika Okafor. Oh, yeah. And then wasn't Horford the third pick that year? You might be right. Oh, no, no, no. Horford was the Durant-Odin uh, year. Is that... Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, was Horford at yeah. Ohio State? No, Florida. Florida. The Billy Donovan Gators. Yep, I'm with you. My God. I haven't thought about... I used to watch a lot of college basketball, and I don't know why I hated myself so much. You don't like those 40 to 45... Watch guys miss 27 consecutive jump shots? No, if I wanted to watch that, I'd watch the Timberwolves. Take up all 34 seconds of the clock every time watch some team with three future first round picks beat up on some other team that's you know played basketball for a combined seven years and win by 61 yeah that's super that's the pure game it's really interesting cool pure game oh god anyone who unironically calls college basketball the pure game is a, an idiot incapable I have my, of thinking my... My coach in like grade school was hated the NBA and said you, sh- you kids should watch college. This NBA crap. And this was like in the nineties. <laughs> what a time to boycott the NBA for lack of product. Yeah, you know this this Michael Jordan fella. He's not good enough. <laughs> you should watch. Uh, you should watch Jalen Rose and Chris Webber at Michigan. <laughs> Right, call timeouts when they don't have them. That's right. That's the that's that's the drama we need. Never forget. I feel sort of bad for Chris Weber because I I don't think there's anyone on the planet who likes him anymore, which is a shame. So he seems like kind of a nice guy. I think Marv likes him. Marv likes him as much as Marv likes tapioca pudding, which is to yeah, say, just, sometimes he's, he's there. there. Yep. Yeah, he's there. I have no qualms about slandering Marv Albert. I think that guy's a creep. All right. uh, Anyway, let's actually end this podcast. And uh, a long one. It has. Yeah. God, how long have we been talking? Three and a half hours. Oh my God. This is our longest episode ever. I think three hours, 15 minutes, give or take. Nah, we will never top that. Uh, all-star we did last week last week was 318 that was the longest one we've done the all-star game just felt the longest yeah in podcast time it was about nine hours but you usually shave like you'll shave this down to like a tight 90 minutes yeah uh yeah yeah uh well because i edit out comments like that one you know i don't want people to see behind the scenes Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That's right, that's right. Yeah, no, it's, uh, we really, you know, here at oh, three on Hollywood five. magic, folks. We really yeah. value your time here we value- at three on five. <laughs> 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 oh, God, well, when you phrase it that way, I don't feel as good about this. <laughs> oh, my God, Jerry. 
No, there's there's no way anyone listens to this podcast on one time speed. I do. Hey, you know what? Some people have long commutes. I guess so... that's true. So, I so mean, anyone... yeah. like the reason we started this podcast and we were like, let's just talk for as long as we want is because at least my understanding was because it's like it doesn't exist and it's a thing I sort of wish existed. Like, I like just listening to people kind of talk shit about basketball for a long time. And cats. Yeah. And cats. And the Wheel of Time. And random killer chronicle characters that... That I'm not as keen on. No, that's... Uh... <laughs> but uh, but never Winter Nights. 100%, yeah. Keep it rolling. You need to bring out the, uh, the Name of the Wind comment, like six years ago for Matt to be on board. Oh, is he, are you out on that series, Matt? I don't think I'm the only one on this podcast who's out on that series. Jerry just gave me a salute with his Coke, but he's refusing to talk. All right, I'll talk. Uh, yes, I am out on the uh, King Killer Chronicle. Uh, I think that... The story was always more or less the weakest part. The characterization was never very interesting. The thing that made the King Killer Chronicle special was that it was like very flowery language and it didn't throw the end of the world in your face, which was nice. It was fresh, it felt different. Like book 1 climaxes where he's like, "Man, that turtle's big." And that's the that's the climax of the first book. There's a big turtle, um, a lizard. But go on. Yeah, I'm 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 intentionally being a little bit, you know, a little bit hyperbolic. Or would this be hypobolic? Hard to say. Anyway, uh, that's a that's a joke. I don't think that exists. All right. Anyway, uh, the biggest problem that I have with the King Killer Chronicle, I guess there are two of them. The first one that I noticed was that. The prose is actually really sort of unbelievably bad when you read it, uh, like, subsequent times. My second read-through, I was like, wow, this is this is hard to get through. Some of these sentences are pretty fucking out there in terms of, like, length, composition, and then adverb usage. He just abuses the shit out of adverbs. Uh, two that I noticed on my most recent attempt at a reread were... Um, the cuts on his chest bled redly, which is like one of the worst sentences I've ever read. And then like two, you know, a page earlier, it had been the iron bar fell on the metal grate and clanged metallically. It's like, well, yep, they're both metal. It's true. So I know that that's nitpicky, but my point is, is like everybody who sells the King Killer Chronicle sells it as if it's poetry and the language is not actually interestingly good or well written um my bigger problem with the king killer chronicle is the women in that book are like just not people at all uh i was reading the name of the wind and i realized i was on like page 75 or something before a woman first spoke i was like oh, okay that's a little weird and then everything about women for the first couple hundred pages of that book is just either they're hot or they're not hot. And that's that's more or less what you get about those women. Um, 
you get all sorts of comparisons of that woman is like a blade. That woman's like a dockside wench who you don't have to treat well. That one, you know, like all sorts of things like that. Uh, and uh, I think probably most obnoxiously, because I, like, I don't think any of this is like ethically wrong. It's just like, it's boring. It's obnoxious to have like a, you know, a dude with this much of an infantilization complex uh, writing a fantasy book. Uh, you get to this, like, you know, you come to this realization upon your reread of The Name of the Wind that Denna just is, like, is a nothing person, has no qualities beyond her attraction to and from Kavath. And she's, like, the most important woman, uh, which, that's great. Then the second book happens, and there's... Literally an 80-page interlude that just comes out of nowhere where your protagonist goes off into the woods to fuck a sex goddess. And that's that's all that happens. And like, yeah, he gets a cloak out of it. And defenders of the book will be like, yeah, but he got a cloak. And he met a tree. That's pretty dope, right? Uh, and the whole time, it's just like impossible for me to disregard the fact that Pat Rothfuss was like must have been just furiously masturbating the whole time that he wrote those eighty pages because like Fulurian stuff. the Fulurian stuff, right? Um, yeah, and I'm just not. I guess I'm just not interested in reading about worlds or you know from the perspective of people who cannot conceive that women are humans. And I'm sure Pat Rothfuss as a person is capable of conceiving that. But as an author, he's failed to do so for two straight books. And that, I think, is an enormous... Yeah, just, like, turn off from the series. So, yeah, I I, I couldn't make it through again. I couldn't finish a reread. I agree with you on Denna as the character, but I don't... I, I did not pick up those qualities in the other female characters that you're explaining. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd recommend a reread because it's like, it's jarring. I read them them both twice. I love those books, man. Yeah. Like, like the first character who you meet, who's a woman is Kvothe's mom. And Kvothe's mom basically has no qualities at all, except that she's like, is kind of flirty with Kvothe's dad. Who's this like creative genius man. And, doing all of this amazing shit. Like, the the whole the whole book is written seemingly from the perspective that, like, men are peacocks and women are, like, just attracted to the man who peacocks hardest, which is some real insult nonsense. Well, I, okay. I, I, don't I, think that's I think it's a little unfair about his mother because the... I think the whole point is like his parents are a painful memory for him. So he doesn't really, he, he tells the story, but he doesn't, you're not really getting the full experience of his. It's more about Avanthi. Yeah. But you get a lot, you get a lot about his dad and his dad working on this thing and his dad convincing the town that they're like nice people to have. Like his dad is a character in those pages. His mom right, is but not. His, the, his mother is like the muse that 
inspires his dad. His yep. Genius. She also exactly. writes. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that's that that is that's a criticism. Writing, I think, I think that but, that's a weak point in his story. It's a it's uh, a bad choice for him to have made. Or it's a it's a I, lazy I, choice for him to have made. I, I agree with that part of the assessment. I but she she also does do a lot of the writing with like they do their writing together. Is I guess was B. I, I don't really care to talk about it too much. I guess because I still I still like that series despite its flaws. So. Anyway, that's that's my basic take on the series is like the writer of those books and I don't mean Pat Rothfuss as a person, but like the the narrative the narrative creature that is like Kvoth remembering his life is incapable of conceiving of women as people. I mean Rothfuss has also written some things I guess I I don't know how closely you follow him at all. I don't follow him at all. He's said some. He's written some things about women that are pretty fucking. Weird. Oh, for real? Like in his personal life? Yeah. Oh, uh, weird. Well, it wasn't about women. Okay, he, that's He made good. a comparison. Uh, he was talking about the new um, Hobbit movies, and the comparison that he made a comparison to them. He was like, "So, the new Hobbit movies are like." Uh, to people that loved the the books when they were children, watching them is like. Imagine there was a girl that you liked in high school, that you never like really. Told that you liked her, but she was very cool and like, quiet, and and stuff like that, you know, thoughtful and pretty, and then later in life, uh, you found you found her in porn and like really hardcore like porn um and that's that's what the new movies are like like the, it's it's like now that might be good good that might be good <laughs> that might be good good porn but like it's still not the person that you knew in high school and that's like the way he described the new movies like yeah, I mean, they're so like, very flashy and big, but like not the same. They don't have the same essence. So that's that's fine. That's a little tasteless. I think it's you... a little tasteless. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah. good way of putting it. I, I don't a, really. A lot of people freaked out about that, and I was like, I understand what he's saying. That's a little tasteless. Is a, a good good. He put it in a, like a, a not a very good way. But I yeah, I mean, it's it's plausible that he just like knows that his audience is like a lot of young dudes, and he was trying to make a comparison that they'd understand. I, I can give that a charitable interpretation. That's fine. I don't need to, you know, I don't need to harp on that too much because I, I really do think the work speaks for itself. Like, it just is... I don't know. Yeah, it just, it, it's lacking, um, it's lacking in a thing. And you might say, like, well, that's how Kvothe thinks about these people. And he's just being really, you know, really... uh devoted to Kvothe's voice. And that's fine, but that's the voice he chose to write. And I don't I don't think he's making a social commentary with it. That's the voice he thought was interesting. So yeah, like there there are just very uh 
there are just very like cliched worldviews portrayed in the King Killer Chronicle that I'm not interested in. Yeah, you and I have had multiple arguments about the whole Felurian part of the the book. Um, and I still have some just disagreements with you about them. The the thing that I found like pretty startling about the second book is after that part. part yeah, yeah. When he's just a Chad. Yeah, there's like <laughs> he has he has sex with basically every other female character that comes in yeah, the story that's, after that's that really point. True. That's true. That's really true. There's after there's the And one, it's not just that he has sex, it's he knows all the best moves. He's such a yeah, giga yeah. Chad now. <laughs> there there's he like there's uh there's his teacher with the Adam. His, and his then teacher. There's the other the barmaid. Uh, there's the barmaid. There's, there's the, the other, other Adema, Adema, or the other yeah. uh, Adem mercenary. Uh, he doesn't have sex with the elderly woman or the woman that we wants know. To kill him. He doesn't have sex with the rape victims, but all the other young women that appear in the story from that point on, he does have sex with, which is. Weird. It's because this whole thing is just wish fulfillment. It's yeah. the weirdest, like... There is something to that. I, I don't know how you can read the Fullerian chapters and the and the end of Wise Man's Fear and not, like, just... I, I got so heebie-jeebied out by that book, too. Uh, I mean, like, after after that, it, like, it definitely does color the whole Fullerian, like passages but i i think that like if that had not been the case for the rest of the book then i could easily have overlooked the Fulurian passages because i think that like i've been as jarred i i oh, know you know, we've already had this conversation so many times and i don't care to have it again it's fine all right i i disagree with you about the Fulurian chapter it, chapters but whatever your view is valid phil what do you think about the Fulurian chapters uh, I, it was, yeah, I will, as I with the first time I was reading it, I was surprised because they take such a detour away from the university. Yeah. <laughs> Between, you know, him going to Ventus and then going th- into the woods, killing the mercenaries, then, then which, which is stumble. the emotional apex of the series up to that point. Yeah, which is a and an awesome scene, an too, incredible scene. Yeah, but then you think they're wrapping it up, and no. Then he goes to the Fey, and then he spends a hundred pages there. He comes out of the Fey, then he goes to another country to learn their martial art and sign language. I was just like, I I was sure we were going to get another two hundred pages of university stuff, like in, in the in the. Uh, in the fishery before we wrap this up. Cause that's, that's why I love those books. The, the stuff with Kilvin and him just learning. It's like a darker Harry Potter is the yeah. way I see it. It's like a very, like a, um, but yeah, I think that, you know, now that you mention it, the Florian stuff, I always thought of it as like, it, it, it is weird that he's, fucking everyone after that but i thought saw it more as him realizing that he was capable of naming uh better than probably anyone even elodin because he he called like a 
a god's name, basically. So, but I thought that was at least important that he. They probably didn't need to spend eighty pages doing it. <laughs> I mean, it probably. But I also loved. I loved the stuff with the Cathay, the tree. I thought that was an awesome part of the book. Yeah, if if it hadn't been literally, hey, we're walking through the woods. Oh God, it's a sex goddess. I'll see you guys in a month. <laughs> yeah. Out of well, nowhere. But I think in the context of Kavath's story, you know, if it was just three thousand page books of him like diligently studying at the university, like it needs it needed like an epic goodness adventure gracious. like that. Yeah, it, 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 it didn't even like go was... fucking a sex god. Yeah, there were well, there was a yeah. lot crammed in there. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, a lot the crammed author, in. The author's, the author's <laughs> that was the title to... of the chapter, right? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, that's alright. The author's choice to make it a sex god is like you know, definitely like a pretty loaded choice, but I still stand by the, the reason why Kvoth ran after her is, was more about like his desire to learn magic than it was for sex. I, that's fine. All right. I, I don't know that I think that that's material. I mean, in the first book, like he literally flexes on Chronicler by saying like, yeah, I fucked Fullerian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I don't. But I 100% agree with you on Denna. Like Denna oh, is yeah. like my problem of for a book that I like as much as that, that I love as much as that one. She's probably one of my least favorite characters in any book I've ever read. Like she's not a character. Maybe that's just because I don't fully know her yet, given how little we know about her in the story so far. But See, every time there's a Denna chapter, I'm like, Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I agree with you guys here. I think Denna is like a pretty similar person to both. Like they have, I, I actually think that like there's a good chance or at least there was a good chance that like after this trilogy came out if it had come at fin a bit been finished in 2013 that we would have gotten like a a parallel story where we saw Denna's side of things and I think that would have like been more interest been interesting because yeah I'm but it's just sure... so easy to like include her perspective in the yeah. book yeah I mean, I, yeah well they're definitely they're trying to hide who her patron but, is but like that's that's yeah. true but like that also that's not the perspective that we're seeing right my point is not that like we need character perspective chapters of denna my point is that kvoth literally devotes four pages to describing how hot denna is and then no time at all to talking about anything else about her. And then, like, when other people bring her up, like, Bast is like, I don't know, man, she wasn't that hot. He's like, yes, she was. She was so hot, bro. No, he talks about her voice and her ability to play the harp and That's... that she kind of picks up, she picks up the the principles of... um sigildry or whatever it's called what, music what is it called no when she when sympathy, they're showing sympathy, her sympathy. sympathy when they're when he's teaching her the basics of symp sympathy she kind of picks so it up. so we do see that that's true yeah. what i'm saying though is that we get a lot of exposition about denna from kvoth's perspective and it's all just like 
bro. It's she all was like so slow, hot. slow motion montage kind of stuff. Yes, like, exa- like, literally. The, <laughs> yeah. She walks into the room and her hair flows. And how can I describe t- her smile? She lightly touches my my shoulder and I I I just <laughs> melt into butter. With I quiver. <laughs> Normally, I'm so composed, but her smile brings sunshine into the. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Uh, I also just, yeah, like, I don't trust of, Anna at all. Like, I, one of the reasons why I think I'm giving that whole aspect of the story like more slack than you guys is that like that that exact thing that you guys were just talking about the she picks up on sympathy really quick. I think I think that there's like story going on there that we are not being shown as the audience, specifically relating to like I, I'm pretty sure. Denna is also having experiences learning magic at that time. Yeah. Yeah, my problem is is that if we learn any of that it'll have been a retcon. Anything oh, we anything we learn so. about Denna now is a retcon. A retcon. Yep. You mean like it didn't exist before and now it right. does. I don't agree. Oh, dude, I mean I like how many years has it been since Name of the Wind came out? That was, I think, 2007. So, 14 years. Yeah, Wise Men's Fear was 2011. Cool. So, like, we've had 14 years and we don't know a goddamn thing about this person. Other than, bro, she's super hot. And, bro, she thinks I'm super hot, bro. And then, like, a couple little Manic Pixie Dream Girl things. I think that's being pretty unfair. (laughs) What do we know about her? Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that, like, we know a lot about her. I'm saying that, like, we probably don't know yeah, Phil, you're right. much about her as there is. We and do I don't know think a... that it's fair to say that it's retconning. Because of course it is. He wrote 2,000 pages and didn't choose to include this in any of them. Not even, like, hints at this shit. Uh, I think that there were hints. Alright, I, I don't know, man, I... Let's say you're right, and he chose to write two huge books where, like, we get, like, little tidbit hints that might become, like, cool twists in the final book about this person. But everything we read about her is in the context of how much Kvoth wishes he was banging her, and how jealous he is of that other dude that's banging her. And... When other people talk about her, it's in the context of her getting banged. Like, it's just, come on. It's not that crass. It's not like... I mean, parts of it are that crass. Unironically, parts of it are that crass. Like, early on in the book, this isn't specifically about Denna, but, like, Kvoth tells Bast, like, don't handle that sword like you'd handle a whore. Like, you can't just fuck her and throw her around and beat her up and shit. Yeah, but but Bat. No, Bass but that's because he's older. It's, that's Will Will Sim and Kavoth are not like frat boys. Like, yo, you fucked, you tapped that shit last night. But like, Kavoth they... says that too. Bast Bast doesn't bring it up. But that's what he's old. Okay, yeah, okay. I just meant when he's when. Yeah, I... No, when 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 Bast corrects him on how hot Den is, you're right. They don't talk about her getting naked. That's true. 
I think we've gone way off the rails. I feel completely on the rails. I'll defend this argument all day. There are so many better fantasy series than the Kingkiller Chronicle. Some of whom, you know, or some of which, shocker, like, think women are humans. It's insane, but uh, it's a real thing. And again, like, my, my point is not that, like, these books, like, flawed books can't be enjoyable. I, like, I can think of Ender's Game, Speaker for the Dead. Like, these were written by a guy who clearly does not have the correct ideas about humanity and where it's going. And we see that in... Sort of inexplicably. Sort sort of. (laughs) Out of nowhere, it seems like, maybe. (laughs) But wrote an, like, extremely nuanced book on empathy and loss, which... And, like, being willing to accept... Except, yeah, incredible. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't make sense how Orson Scott Card has that much cognitive dissonance. I just... I think that the... Kingkiller Chronicle is particularly jarring about this topic. And it's like the later Wheel of Time books all fall prey to the same criticism. Like it's not like Rothfuss is, you know, some uniquely awful guy or these books are uniquely bad. It's just that he wrote them long after these other books had come out when enough people had pointed out like, hey, this is a problem with this kind of literature. We should try to maybe amend it because the tropes are really bad. And I love those books. Yeah. I, I I love plenty of things that I can think of objective criticisms about. Yeah, I think I'm still with you, Bill. I think I still love them. But I love them despite my better judgment. Like Werner Herzog. The Werner Herzog. Yeah. Yeah, I hope, I hope, like, I mean, it seems as if fantasy and science fiction have basically moved past this moment. Like, the last 10 years have been pretty huge in speculative fiction. But then again, like Ursula K. Le Guin wrote The Left Hand of Darkness, you know, 50 years ago or whatever. Yep. So, maybe not. But that Felurian reveal, dude, that's that's the second most jarred I've ever been out of any book. Uh, uh, yeah, I can I can tell that it, it definitely flustered you even back then. I, I mean, I, I can't believe it didn't fluster more people. Like, even Brandon Sanderson wrote about his own book that it had 1,000 less percent sex with random sex goddesses in reference to wise man's fear. I I can't believe it wasn't a bigger thing. Um, But I guess it has been the women who read, who I've talked to like brought it up and enlightened me on it. So I guess, I guess maybe it's because I'm a dude and you know, I have dude perspectives anyway. I don't know if you've read stranger in a strange land, but that book also has some pretty major Chad energy where this dude comes down from Mars and he just fucks all the earth women because he's such a fucking Chad. And, uh, his like his, uh, I guess I'd call her his like assistant. I don't know. She's like the lady in charge of integrating him. Uh, she has to explain to him what rape is because he can't conceive of anyone not wanting to bone him. (laughs) 
And the way that she explains rape is nine out of ten times it's the woman's fault. <laughs> Whoa. She's like the only female character who talks in the book. And I was like, I can't, I can't read this anymore. <laughs> Good try. Jesus Christ. Uh, nine out of ten times. It might not have been nine out of ten. It might have been like half the time or something. But it was just, you know. There was... There was some uh, some of the author's voice coming through in a way that I was not appreciating. Oh, it's Heinlein. That explains it. It is Heinlein, yes. I don't know that that explains it, though. Like, Heinlein really was into open relationships and stuff, but that, that is not the same thing. He just sort of lost his mind as his life went on. They all did. Philip K. Dick completely lost his mind. Man, maybe I should not write science fiction and fantasy. Is that your favorite sci-fi fantasy series, Phil? In Kill- right now, yeah, that's the one. That's the only book I'm really excited for is the third one doors of stone yeah do you think it's ever coming out i hope so but who knows he doesn't he doesn't seem like he's anywhere near done oh that's that's the other reason one of the other reasons why i've sort of like i'm not gonna say that i'm sour on it but that like i'm not as hyped about it as i have been in past years there was an article that came out last summer uh rothfuss's editor says that she hasn't seen any um any of his work in over six years. And she's pretty sure that he's just not working on the book. Um, which is sort of an, a, like, the sort of a dick move, I think. I don't know. Dude, if I had had millions of dollars and could just rec- retire in rural Wisconsin, I'd do it. Yeah, but like they're still on the hook. Yeah, it's. I think there's also there's just been too much time now. I worry that even if it, even if it comes out and it's like eighty percent of what I'm hoping for, I'll still probably be. I've had too much time to think about it and think about what I how I want it to end. There's a Duke Nukem problem here. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Duke Nukem forever. Man. He spends a lot of time, like, on Twitch playing random. Pat Rothfuss does? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that he's a dingus. Like, he's a real jerk to people, but I is, is that the sense you guys get? Uh, He's only a jerk to people... Who ask him about book three? <laughs> yeah, are there people they who tell, don't ask him about them, book three? He tells them to like respect his space and be respectful, and yeah. I mean, like it's the question that he faces more than any other. Like, I, it's it's sort of come to define who he is. I think in a lot of ways, and I think he resents that and would just rather, you know, dude, I'm playing video games right now. Please don't. Do that. that seems but really disingenuous stopped, but... to me. People pay him to watch 
you know, to answer these questions, right? Pay him? Yeah. When you're streaming on Twitch, you're doing it to make money. Like people make donations and ask questions as part oh, well, of the no, donation. Well, no, they're there to watch him play video games. They don't care about us. What I'm saying He's... is no one would watch Pat Rothfuss play video yeah, games. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's so easy. Just say, hey, I'm never writing the book. And then no one will ever ask you about it again. And then write the book if you want, I guess. Be like, gotcha. In Dota 2, uh, there are Chinese pros who retire after the international tournament, the big one with all the money, every year. And then they come out of retirement every year to play at the international because it's where all the money gets made. He could just do that. Just be like, I'm retired. Come out of retirement to release a book. He might go George R.R. Martin, and then they'll make two bad movies of the first two books and then he won't have to write the third book they'll just he'll just let like <laughs> why do you I, have why, why do you have to Lane. hurt me phil I, I genuinely think that that's probably what is actually going to happen i think so i think there's this I, very I high so. likelihood of that. that's the form that we'll see doors of stone is it'll be like the season three and four of like the king killer chronicle hbo show yeah hmm I feel like Jemison's got to get a show first, right? She's like... Who? What? N.K. Jemison, the lady who's won every award in science oh. fiction and fantasy for the past eight years. You say that, but I don't think so. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Really. I guess Wheel of Time's getting the big thing right now. Well, I mean, so... Um... The Name of the Wind, or the Kingkiller Chronicle, also has, like, I think it's also being made right oh, now. Oh, it's already a thing. Well, they're, they're doing a prequel. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the cock tease. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just do the Robert Jordan thing. Just admit that you don't know how the story ends and write six books about nothing and make tens of millions of dollars. It's that easy. And then... And then die and give hands and give it to Brandon Sanderson. Sanderson. Yeah, <laughs> all your fans will hate it, but it'll be fine. <laughs> they hate this too. I remember when there was buzz that he was going to finish uh, "Song of Ice and Fire" if Martin kicked it. I, I don't think they'd pick him now. <laughs> All right, Jerry's Googling furiously about King Killer Chronicle. We've got to sign off. Uh, Jerry, do you have any last uh, thoughts for the folks who have stuck around for three hours and 50 minutes? That is way too long. Why are you still here? Okay, that is a thought, technically, so step yeah, in the right direction. Yep. <laughs> Phil, any last words for the folks at home? No. All right, there you go. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, enjoy the playoffs. We'll see you next week.
Listen, listen carefully. carefully. 